I did not know that Ray Parker Jr. had an acting career. He Me doesn't. <laughs> no, no. He now let's let's be clear. He does not. This was a this was a one off. There's scenes of him running down the hall that are amazing because he cannot run down a hall. He doesn't know how. He doesn't have that capacity. He sideways skips while holding a gun. I can't That's describe probably it. Probably how I would do it. It's time to watch a movie you've never seen there might be some ninjas or a crazy death machine but there will be smiles and there will be tears you won't watch another movie for about 800 years it's time for death by video time for death by video with Phil and Kit and Lillian and Graham you've never seen <laughs> might be some ninjas or a crazy death machine <laughs> it's time for death you missed the whole there will be smiles oh damn it and there will be tears Cheers. you won't watch another movie for about 800 years it's time for, for death, death. by video it's time for death with Phil and Kit and Lillian and Graham. Oh, wow. This is going to be odd because I'm going to put the regular theme on and then that'll come on. Hey, it's Death by Video! Hey! I'm Phil. I'm Kit. I'm Lillian. And I'm Graham saying welcome back to another week of exciting cinema from your wherever you get this podcast from thank you so much to our listeners who are listening uh thank you for all the people who have listened to our tiger or uh, the sword in the claw uh, Claw. episode um it was a fun episode to record it was a fun episode to edit it was a fun episode to upload um i mean not really uploading is kind of just bland uploading again i apologize about our sound quality you're gonna hear some sounds in the background because it is still freaking hot here in toronto so we have and i have no ac here at the cave of cinema so we're just relying on fan power to keep us cool and the beautiful beers at blood brothers brewing in the past i listened to an old episode i ragged on the 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 service there it's gotten so much better i feel someone there might have listened to our podcast and like actually because they finally added a um uh, a bottle area doesn't everybody listen Oh, I wish that was the case. <laughs> yeah, right. I wish that was the case. For, for all the free advertising they're getting. They should like it? Yes. We, we should be getting free beers. Let's not get ahead of ourselves, gentlemen. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, I am... Uh, yeah, cheers for free beers. To free beers. To free, to free beers. Blink. My beer is actually empty and gone. Where'd my bottle go? Anyways, um... I'll get another one, don't worry. Uh, so, we are here today. We are. This is the final episode of our Kung Fu movies from countries that don't produce Kung Fu movies. We're going back to the motherland, Canada, to... Um, Toronto, we, Ontario. To literally Toronto, Ontario. Initially, I was saying Dragon Hunt, Dragon Hunt, Dragon Hunt, but I saw it. It's not good. It's not good at all. We can't... I can't it'd be boring. We'd be like... 
our, our review would be like, so they kidnapped someone, and then the twins got them back. Twins? And, and then they threw this some kicks, good. and that was the end. Graham, whenever twins are involved, like, shit's going down. That's right. Oh, you have double impact. How could they have gone wrong, Graham? It went very it, well. It 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 got dull, so I didn't want to bore you guys. So I found another film. Now, a long time ago, when I first started shooting, well, when I, I work in the film industry here, I, there was this um, uh, studio called Pine the Sky Studios, which is out of an old cinema on it was Donlands, the Donlands Theater, called the Donlands Theater. And inside, they have like a little history of the th- of the theater, and it was like films from like. You know the the 60s, the 70s, and then they said in the late 80s, early 90s. Was it a porn theater at one point? I might have been, but I think I think at the end, at the tail end, it was showing Bollywood stuff. Yeah, yeah, it became a Bollywood theater, and then it shut down, and then it was saved by a man named Jalal Murhi, um, and that's the star of the film we're going to be watching tonight, which is Tiger Claws. Jeweler turned martial arts actor. Yeah, and I gotta say, I watched this movie a couple days ago, and I was not feeling it, but it was actually Phil through his repeated like, I can't believe he was a jeweler that like turned like financed the trilogy of martial arts films to star himself. And, and I, he mm-hmm. also starred in a couple other movies with Billy Blanks. Yeah, Billy Blanks. Hybo Billy Blanks. Yeah, if you if you've seen any direct-to-video martial arts films from the '90s, Billy Blanks was the bad guy in a lot of them. This, this makes me think that uh, Russell Oliver would uh, finance his own series of of kung fu films. So for people outside of Toronto, <laughs> Russell Oliver is the cash man. Or, or He'll give you money for your go. Him, him and oh, Harold the yeah. jewelry buyer could have like a real death match. He's the cash man. Mm. Yeah. And Russell Oliver also stole Kool-Aid Man's uh, Oh yeah. <laughs> That's right. He, he got did. he got sued by DC Comics as well because he was cash man and he like had did a series of ads with like the Superman logo but with like a, a like a line through it so it's a dollar sign and DC Comics sued him and he's like yeah, I gotta stop doing this. I love he did like a like a remember Scatman the Scatman song. No, I'm a Scatman. I do not want to think of Scat and Russell Oliver. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, he did he did his Cashman version, yeah. which was I'm the Cashman. I don't want to hear. Give you money for your gold, yeah. And there's some very you know uh, very. Um, very passive dancers who really don't want to be there. Yeah, he, he, can't, he, did, he did like a dance, a 1998 dance remix. So I'm going to get into the, 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 the some of the notes behind Tiger Claws um, before we get into it. So everything begins with a Canadian uh, who is an immigrant uh, from Brazil and born to Brazilian Lebanese parents. That is his Jalal Murphy. He moved to Canada and was raised in Toronto when he was a child. Uh, he became a successful jeweler in Toronto, but he couldn't resist his true calling, becoming a kung fu film star. He sold his jewelry business in the late 1980s and purchased the closed on land cinema and converted it into a production studio, which is still used to, in use today as Pie in the Sky Studios, which actually has launched its own... I know Tim, the owner of Pie in the Sky, he purchased it from uh, Jalal. And he now runs... There's, like, a bunch of Pie in the Sky studios all over the city of Toronto. That's affectionately known as Pie 1. There's Pie 2 on Eglinton and Laird. There's Pie 3, which is a very small studio elsewhere. And then there's Pie 4, which is the former Wallace Film Studios on Wallace Avenue in Toronto. Um, Yeah, so he has been called the Beirut Steven Seagal. Take that as you will. 
Yeah, I, according to the Wikipedia article, they, it's quoted as dubious. Yeah, I think he calls himself the Beirut Steven Seagal. I'm not entirely <laughs> Nobody sure. Nobody else does. No, but, oh, but some, somebody went great. out of the way to flag it as dubious. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, as a youth, he studied. He first studied the Shotokan style of karate before moving on to Kung Fu. Um, he... Um, his first uh, starring role was in the Tiger uh, was in Tiger Claws, which kicked off the Tiger Claws trilogy, continuing in 1997 with Tiger Claws 2, and concluding in the year 2000 with Tiger Claws 3. He has gone on to act in over 19 films, the most recent of, ris- of which is 2015's Risk Factor, which is directed by a total scumbag who has a bad, bad reputation in the city of Toronto. So we'll just leave it at that. Who? Hmm? Who? I don't want to say because he's also very litigious. Is it Mike Bullard? Uh, <laughs> he just can't stay out of trouble, that guy, huh? No, Mike Bullard was not directing Kung Fu <laughs> films in 2015, unfortunately. Um, this we one, wish that he was. Yeah, this one was actually the directorial debut of Kelly Macon, who would go on to direct seminal episodes of The Kids in the Hall, Queer as Folk, Flashpoint, Rookie Blue, and Saving Hope. He directed the movie Brain Candy. Yes. And he directed Jeremy Renner's uh, acting debut, National Lampoon Senior Trip. Yes, he also directed the entirety of the uh, Kids in the Hall comeback series, Death Comes to Town, back in 2010 or 2011. he directed a lot of the original Kids in the Hall episodes as well. Indeed he did. He also directed the feature films, the aforementioned uh, National Lampoon's senior, uh, senior Trip and Kids in the Hall Brain Candy, as well as Mickey Blue Eyes, the Hugh Grant oh, James Con Mafia comedy, or as I like that. to say, it, or as I like to call it, a Mafia. Well, apparently, uh, I think it's the first time you've called it that. Yeah. I think it it came in under the radar just right before Analyze This and Analyze That. Yeah. Does that have Amanda Peet in it as well? Is that? No. No, that was the whole nine yards. Yeah. Oh, okay. Uh. Yeah, Mickey Blue Eyes featured Scott Thompson as an FBI agent, which was awesome. Ah. Which kind of led into his... I imagine it was filmed in Toronto as well. Well, it was. It was totally a Canadian film starring James Caan and... uh, Hugh Grant. And Hugh Grant. I didn't know it was Canadian. And probably some the, Italian-American mm-hmm. character actors. Oh, well, yeah. Here's the interesting thing, is that um, that film did a really good job of covering up that it was shot in Toronto. Tiger Claws also does an incredible job of sh- covering up that it was shot in Toronto because they show some exteriors of the New York City skyline, and then they show some uh, stock footage of the New York City, um, whatchamacallit, uh, Chinatown, and then they cut to Toronto's Chinatown, which in 1991 looked like 1980s New York Chinatown. Um, so they covered it up. It's only if you're a very eagle-eyed viewer or someone that's shot in Pine the Sky Studios as much as I have. Like, I'm there like seven times a year. I would recognize hallways or areas or backstage parts of it. So it, he does a very, very good job of covering it up. Um, immediately after Tiger Claws, um, Kelly Macon went on to direct The Kids in the Hall and did not return for Tiger Claws 2 or 3. The film's initial distributor had horrendous financial troubles during the production, resulting in several scenes being filmed nearly three months apart. Jalal Murphy ended up having to spend, uh, personally spend $2.3 million of his own money to complete production. It was shown at the American Film Market in 1992 and distributed on video and Laserdisc by MCA Universal in the United States and um, in Canada by Cineplex Odeon. This film also stars renowned martial artist and legitimate Hong Kong action film star Cynthia Rothrock, who is the first, was the first Western woman uh, to ever achieve any level of stardom in Hong Kong. She currently maintains a dual American and Hong Kong or Chinese citizenship. 
Um, her mar uh, martial arts acumen is actually, it blows Murphy's out of the water, and every time they're in a scene together, she clearly should be the star of this movie, and he is clearly the guy that put up the funds for the movie. <laughs> um, she is a five-time undefeated world karate champion in forms and weapons from 1981 to 1985. She also was the undefeated women's kickboxing champion for four years. Her trademark is the scorpion kick, which we will see tonight in Tiger Claws. Um, this will not be the last time we'll see. I'm actually shocked it took this long to get a Cynthia Rothrock movie on Death by Video at episode 41. But this will not be the last time we see her for sure. She is a wonderful martial artist. I was just going to say, that's quite a rocking name. Cynthia Rothrock, yeah. Yeah, she sounds like a Flintstone character. She's still teaching. <laughs> what? That's not what I meant. She appeared in the 1997 Dukes of Hazard reunion TV movie. And she was the inspiration for Sonya Blade in the Mortal Kombat video game series in 1992. I can see that, yeah. Oh, she's totally Sonya Blade. Um, the film's villain, who goes by the generic name of Chong is played by Bolo Jung, who is probably best known for playing the villainous Chong Li in Bloodsport opposite of Jean-Claude Van Damme. He is well known for playing the villain in many Van Damme films, including Double Impact. He has over 110 acting credits on the IMDb. How many more than 110? One. He has 111 acting credits on IMDb. He was also in Enter the Dragon. Yes, and Game of Death with opposite oh, wow. Bruce Lee. By the way, oh. uh, we'll get into it later. Me and Phil and and uh, Lillian here saw Game of Death at the Royal. I didn't see Game oh, of Death. Oh, you didn't see it. Shit. It was, oh, it was Amy. Sorry. Oh, you didn't go? No, I didn't. I, I was seeing performance in 35mm that night. <laughs> he had an alibi, huh? Yeah. Kit was not there. But yeah, no, me, uh, Lillian, and her uh, actress, actress slash sister, uh, Ermina <laughs> Perez, went to go see Game of Death at the Royal Cinema. An Albert Pune star. Huh? Oh, an Albert Pune star, yes. Ermina Perez. Hashtag Badass Angels and Demons 2019. Um, woot, woot. So anyways, that's the end of my notes for it. Uh, it's an interesting film. It's a, it's a unique time capsule of early 90s kung fu martial arts cinema clearly in the Jean-Claude Van Damme uh, vein. And it's interesting because it hides Toronto so well, except for the, the scenes at the Yacht Club, where in lower Manhattan, I don't think there's a Yacht Club with green rolling hills in the background. Uh, but in Toronto, there is. So, guys, before we get into this wonderful film, A Slice of Canadiana, what have we seen that we liked in the last week since we last recorded? Phil. I saw the Toronto documentary, The Stairs, oh, yes. which follows a few uh, crack addicts and recovering crack addicts in Regent Park. And you see the the area in transition over the, it covers the, the years from 2011 to 2016. Yeah, those are the super transitional years. Yeah. And it was directed by somebody who I think is an alumnus of my high school. Oh, cool. Hugh Gibson. That would uh, be Northern? Northern, secondary. Northern sec. Okay. Um, me and Graham saw Enemy Territory. Oh, shit. Starring Ray Parker Jr. I'll let Graham uh, take that over. Uh, when we get to my picks? When we get to oh, your picks. Oh, that um, movie. That movie is so good. The other ones have been rewatches, so the aforementioned performance in 35mm, which kicked off the uh, Nicholas Rogue and Donald Camel uh, co-retrospective at nice. uh, the TIFF Lightbox. Are they showing bad timing? Oh, yeah. Oh, when is that playing? I can't remember, but 
we, we need to go. That movie is... Have you guys seen Bad Timing Lillian? I've seen it. No, I don't know. Kit? Bad Timing is an amazing movie by Nicholas Rogue. If the features side of Art Garfunkel, you probably didn't know you wanted to you see. You didn't know existed. existed I, you didn't know yeah. Art Garfunkel could be a, a horrible skis bag. I could see it. And it's got Harvey Cartel as a German cop for some reason. Yeah. Just for some reason in Germany, Harvey Cartel is a police officer. And it also featured. And they're also going to be playing Donald Camel's last movie uh, with uh, Christopher Walken and Anne H. What's that? It's called The Wild Side. Oh, oh it, it was uh, not the so, not the breakdancing movie. No, that's Wild Style. Wild Style, oh, which yes. is well worth seeing. Um, yeah. You know, which yeah, it was yanked by his producers and recut, and then like Donald Campbell killed himself a few months after. It was Good lord! Sure. Okay, yeah, it's rough. Is, uh, would it be the director's cut or is it the producer's uh, cut? They're showing the director's cut. Oh, nice. Yeah, and they're showing White of the Eye, which is pretty awesome. I don't know if you've seen that one. Sheet, no. Kathy Moriarty is in it. Yeah. And David Keith. You mean not Keith David? David Keith? David Keith. Sorry, I, I like, I like screwing people up because there's the I, Keith I, David I, I, I know, and I David know. Keith. I'm familiar with Keith yeah. David, yeah. I always like throwing in like, yeah. are you sure you don't mean David Keith? There's a character or actor named David Keith there. I don't know either Keith or David. David or Keith. You, you would know Keith David if you've watched enough John Carpenter movies. <laughs> you would know his no voice. You would know are. his voice for sure. He was the voice of Spawn in the 1990s uh, animated TV series on HBO. Yeah, I didn't watch that a lot. He was in Armageddon. He was and in They, they live. live. He was in The Thing. Oh, They Live. And they, The Thing. Okay, He I know was these in movies. season five of Community. I never got past the first two episodes of that show. <laughs> I'm sure uh, I'd recognize him, but just don't know the name, I guess. And three of the four uh, mm -hmm. members of Death by Video were at Saturday night screenings, night one of two of Lost Highway. Ooh. Oh, yeah. That was a wondrous screening. That was amazing. Yeah, yeah never, uh, never seen it um, widescreen. Um, yeah, we, we've unfortunately been stuck with a horrendous pan and scan DVD. There was a brief time when there was a Canadian release widescreen blue, uh, not blue, not even Blu-ray DVD, uh, which is out of print, and there's no Blu-ray currently in print. Does anybody know why this is? Um, it's bad. Well, okay, I think it was produced by October Films. October Films, yeah. And Cause October, I, cause I own the DVD, but I, I never yeah. watch it. October Films uh, no longer exists, so their rights are all kind of like loosey-goosey in the wind. For instance, they also made Abel Ferreira's The Addiction, which uh, had a very crazy time. Like, the, the, the product, they're just out of, out of business, and they're, all the films, like, they liquidated their assets, so, like, certain companies own different films. I think Lionsgate might own uh, uh, Lost Highway. I think it was universal. It used to be universal. Yeah, but I think Lionsgate might have it, because, like, Lionsgate are notorious about not wanting their catalog titles to ever be seen for some stupid reason, Lionsgate. Criterion edition of Lost Highway. Oh, be so good. Because I remember Lost Lionsgate, they bought up uh, Studio Canal, and that's why all those criteria, yeah. old Criterion movies went out of the print. I know, like Parole of Faux, jerks. You, now, I, like, I movie, almost... Movies that were out on Criterion for well over a decade, even like Discreet Charm of the Bourgeoisie, I or know. Peeping Tom. I almost paid $200 for the Blu-ray of Jean-Luc Godard's Parole of Folks. I love that movie so much, but Canal Plus are such... Not the Canal Plus, sorry. Oh, I said the F word. Oh um, my gosh. You know, it's, you know I'm, up, I'm amped up when I curse on this podcast. But f***ing Lionsgate 
had to like steal that movie away from us. And why does Chopping Mall cost $56 on Blu-ray? That's stupid. It's Chopping Mall. It shouldn't cost that much. Wow, for one movie. Calm down. Rip, Graham has ripped his shirt off and punched a hole in the wall. Because you stupid idiots won't release your catalog. Just let it go, you jerks. I don't give a that you made Twilight. No one cares. No one remembers. No one gives a Wow. Uh, what else have you seen, Phil? <laughs> uh, that is it. Kit. You? Uh, all I saw was Lost Highway, which which we've discussed. That was fun, yeah. We liked That's it. Great. Um, but I did on Friday night. Ooh, what did you see? I went to go see Radiohead in concert. You did at the Scotiabank Arena, formerly the ACC. The ACC, yes. Um, what are we gonna call it now? Because like ACC, you could at least like the short. This, it can't be the SA. I'm gonna the, the SA. SA. <laughs> Yeah, because cause I've seen uh, friends on Instagram like who were at the first Radiohead show, and the the Instagram tags still uh, show up as showed as ACC, so... Yeah, because well, it just happened, and a lot of the signs on the way, luckily for me, because I was like, where's where's the ACC? Because I'm kind of navigating my way out of Union you. Station, I'm like, ACC that away, and I'm like, oh good, I know where it is. Aren't there still some Skydome signs around? There could be. I don't know. Yeah, that'll never change. But anyway, it was a good show. Yeah. Um, played lots of songs, double encore. Did they um, play Creep? No, they did not. <laughs> they did play Paranoid Android and, and fake plastic trees and lots of That's good ones. Nice. They also included their James Bond song. Ooh, what about High and Dry? Spectre. Spectre. They, they, wrote, a, they wrote a James Bond song, mm-hmm. and they were hoping to include it in the movie, but the studios were like, That's too depressing. <laughs> we're going to go with Sam Smith. I think I would actually say I think that's a better idea because you don't want to be depressed going into a James Bond Man, film. Man, the Radiohead Spectre song is so good, and they they played it. Is I, it I, just I got about, to see is it, it live. Is it is it just him <laughs> being like I'm sad and alone? And no, my name no, is it's, James it's, Bond. It, it starts off very somber. It's piano, but then the violins come into. Johnny Greenwood is a is a damn good composer. He's he's turning he into is. one anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so it's got a very like. Bondian kind of quality. Tom York singing about bullet holes. He says <laughs> he, he says Spectre at least twenty times during the song. What is the Spectre in <laughs> front of me? Basically, are you a good Spectre? Do you try to? You, you, be? you can you can pipe it in here. You'll listen to it if you do. Um, it's, right. it's a pretty good Bond song. I think they should have uh, should have chosen it. I could see the Bond silhouettes and the uh, <laughs> and the falling cards. Were there any like like? Trombones like wah, wah. his name is the Spectre. Not not quite, but it it is Bondian enough. I say cool. I liked it. Anyway, it was a good show, and that's, that's all awesome. I've seen. Yeah, I was. I'm surprised that they played anything pre OK Computer. Oh yeah, they uh they even played uh, the talk show host the um wow from Romeo and Juliet. I bought from the sound- Romeo and Juliet. I yeah. bought the sound. That was one of the two reasons why I bought that soundtrack. Because I was yeah. also into garbage, so that garbage song I was really right. into at the time. I've really gotten like, into the card cardigans, weirdly enough. From the Romeo and Plus Juliet soundtrack? Yeah, or, Loveful. I, were they on that? Yeah. Oh yeah, they were definitely on that. Yeah, that was a good soundtrack. Not a very good movie, but a good soundtrack. Yeah, I tried watching that movie. I watched the movie for the first time back in 2012. Oh, I saw it in theaters, sir. Meh. Yeah, no, it's like, good no. Old, meh. It actually ruins part of the play too. They like change some of the plot know, points. And it's like don't don't do that. Yeah, or change it a lot. What was that Desiree one? Isn't there one by? Oh Des- yeah, yeah. I don't know. I was kissing uh, you or something. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh man, those were the days. 1995, 1996. 
back when... And there's that disco cover, uh, Young Hearts Run Free. That was kind of an earworm. Oh, I, I don't think, know. I think I, I recall that. Yeah. And there was a Butthole Surfer song on the soundtrack. Damn, Butthole Surfers. The mid-90s. <laughs> you guys don't know it. To our, to our, our post-millennial listeners, we love you, first of all. But and I hate to be that guy, because I always hate people to be like, you didn't know what it was like back in the 70s, man. But the 1990s, mid-90s, before cell phones, before the internet, back when like much music was cool, it was a good time. I'm not going to say it was time. the best time. It was a good time it for music. A great time. It was a good time to be alive. You, yeah. weren't, you weren't tied down by a cell phone. Now I am exactly. turning into an old guy. I know. Jesus Christ. But you know what? It was a good time. It wasn't. We're not saying like you. Oh, you. You don't know. It's the better than no, now. No, it's different. It's, it's just different. different. It was uh, different. Okay, you, you. You kids. I'm about to say that. Um, the people growing up now who uh, came of age in the aunts still be thinking of the same rosy kind of uh, yeah. thoughts of when they grew up, when they were kids. Remember Snapchat guys? When Remember you could send Snapchat. a dick pic Remember and it would Justin disappear. Bieber? Why doesn't anybody listen to Justin Bieber anymore? <laughs> Those are the days. Remember when Kanye wasn't so crazy? <laughs> oh, man. There's actually a, a trailer launched, I think, today for a movie called Mid-90s, and it looks pretty good. On the Jonah Hill. Written and directed uh, by Jonah Hill. Yeah, I saw that. I'm pretty stoked for it. I know. I'm kind of like stoked for it, too. It looks yeah. really good. Um, so that's all you've seen, Kit? That was it. All right, Lillian, what have you seen in the past week since we recorded? Oh, we saw Game of Death. Yeah. That was... That was... That was awesome. Um... And we, I, I, I was surprised it, there weren't, uh, it wasn't too big of a turnout, right? It was pretty, uh... Yeah, it was hard. It was a Friday night. It also, like, they didn't really advertise, like, Neon Dreams, they advertised nonstop. Queer Fear, they ag- advertised nonstop. Laser Blast, they ad- advertised nonstop. This wasn't attached to any specific screening series. It was the programmer behind the Royals Stompbox series, which tends to pair music with film. Mm-hmm. So, like, they did Durfan, they did The Night James Brown Saved, uh, what was that, uh, Cleveland? Brooklyn, Detroit. I think it was Cleveland. I want to say yeah, it was yeah. The one when like James Brown like he, they showed they a heartworn highways. Yeah, they're showing rockers tomorrow. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so like they they show a lot of those. They showed I think uh, not space is the place, but they showed another. But anyways, it was the program behind that series. Oh, I think it was Black Gold that showed space. Yeah, Black. Yeah, Black Gold. Um, but it but it was the program behind. Uh, Royal Stomp Box so it was a unaffiliated screening but it was still it was great like I loved seeing oh yeah yeah no I'm just saying I just that's just a random thought and four jerks had to sit behind us oh yeah those guys hate jerks <laughs> oh yeah it wasn't a usual royal audience I'll just put it that way yeah they were a little they were laughing non-stop right at nothing like the way the guy opened up a door bah, ha, 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 ha. this people, movie's people, old people and stupid people laughing at Lost Highway a lot too I know, during... that, that pissed me off too <laughs> I, I, I kind of got jerks. that I kind of got some that some of it because Lynch does kind of... have that sense of humor right and, but here's the thing Lynch, Lynch has a sense of humor but and these, some of these... the like when she was like maybe it's a real estate agent like that should get but that, laughs no, but that was a funny line <laughs> yeah. meant to be funny it oh. was a comedy edit and like, Whereas, the, like um, the, the detectives when they show up that's obviously they're, they're, they're meant to be com- yeah. comedic but when when, when they play Rammstein yeah, during during but, the weird porno, terrible I looking love that porno. By the way, Stein. We're gonna. That's gonna be the best needle drop when I put that under here. <laughs> all of a sudden. For 
for me it was it was it was Lost Highway and then the Family Values tour with that uh, Duhast. Yes, oh Duhast. <laughs> No, because I picked Duhast, up the Lost Highway dude. soundtrack because, like, because of the Perfect Drug by Nine Inch Nails. I have the Lost Highway soundtrack, but I lost it. I don't and, know where it is. It's also, really good. Uh, yeah, I had the, the song "I" by Smashing Pumpkins, which was not on any other Smashing Pumpkins album mm-hmm. at the time. It was so one that was, It also had enough. the awesome Lou Reed cover of "This Magic Moment." That's a really good cover. Such a good cover. It's a wild cover, yeah. It sounds nothing like any other version of Mess Mess. No, not even the Misfits no. version, which is which I like quite a bit. Sorry, Lillian, we cut you off. What else have you seen besides Game of Death? Um, a few weeks ago, I got to check out I, Tonya. That was really good. I liked it. Um, I don't know the actress's name, but the the woman who plays her mother. Allison Janney. Yeah, she won an Oscar. Yeah. Yeah. She's great. She's, I've, I've, like, in, in, in anything I've seen her, I'm just like, whoa. She is awesome. Even in that show Mom, she's really yeah, good. Yeah, she's, I, I've seen a few episodes of Mom. It's not terrible. Mom, I, I haven't seen the oh, Anna Ferris like show. Anna Ferris, I, Alice and Janie. Cool. I first remember her from 10 Things I Hate About You. Uh, yeah. I never watched that film. That's a oh, fun one. Yeah. Taming yeah. of the Shrew. Yeah, it's the Taming yeah. of the Shrew It was remake. actually like one of the, out of the late 90s, early 2000s teen movies, it was probably that and Can't Hardly Wait was, were the was best. That Heath Ledger's first appearance on the scene, yep. really, wasn't it? Oh, man, he's so... He's what makes that movie great. Let's put it that way. Uh, yeah, so that was good. It's good. I recommend. Cool. I haven't seen Itanya yet. I know, Phil, you were not a fan. I was not a fan, though. No. Um, I have heard from people that <laughs> uh, the proprietor of Eyesore Cinema, who is said to not like movies ever at all, said <laughs> he liked it, <laughs> which is funny. Cause I remember like there, like one of the, his like oldest friends on Facebook said, like, but you don't like movies ever, period, at all. And his response was, that's correct. But he liked Itania, so I'm interested to look it up. I should, I should go and give him have a chat with him. Yeah. Um, but, so, uh, why didn't you like it, Phil? Uh, it had this really self-righteous tone, but it was also really hypocritical. Interesting. Self-righteous and hypocritical. That makes me want to see it more and more now. But you know what? Again, we all have differing opinions on this podcast, so all opinions are welcome. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, boom, 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 boom. I can't recall anything else right now. Okay, I'll move on to my picks just because we are running long on this intro. This is longer than last week's. But still, listeners, if you hate our long intros, let us know. Send us a, a, an email at deathbyvideopodcast at gmail.com. Tweet at us at deathbyvideopod on Twitter. Uh, find us on Facebook at deathbyvideopodcast. Or even leave us a message on SoundCloud, which we did, including... Uh, the director Albert Pune once met, left us a, a message on SoundCloud. By the way, Albert, if you're More still than listening, once, I yeah. Believe. Well, one was a we Twitter, you, one was a SoundCloud, and then the rest has been all through Facebook. By the way, if you're listening, Albert, I'm not sure if you are because you know these are films that you don't know, and you're very busy prepping your next movie. We love you. I'm still watching your films. I watched uh, the Blu-ray of Nemesis from Germany, which took a long time to get here. It is gorgeous. Love that movie. Um, we'll have to do it again for a proper death by video screening. Okay, yeah. Because we did a mini-sode and. Yeah, it'll be interesting or praising it again. Maybe I'll like it this time around. Yeah, yeah. Maybe. Again, different different opinions. Okay, <laughs> yes. so moving on to my my viewings from last time after the Sword and Claw, we watched Enemy Territory. Good, god damn, this is a movie. This is a great movie, and it's not available on DVD or Blu-ray. Never been available on DVD, right, only I did, VHS. I did not know that Ray Parker Jr. had an acting career. He Me doesn't. Either. No, no. He no. Let's let's be clear. He does not. This was a this was a one-off. There's scenes of him running down the hall. 
that are amazing because he cannot run down a hall. He doesn't know how. He doesn't have that capacity. He sideways skips while holding a gun. I can't That's describe probably it. probably how I would do it. Sideways skip down a hall? Probably I don't want the gun to go off or something. I don't know. Oh, my God. So this was, this was made by Empire Pictures, which uh, is run by Charles Band. This is a New York movie shot in New York. Uh, about class like it's it's a movie that like and this is why I love independent genre films from this era out of the entire cast there are three white actors that's it in the entire movie like this film and, and the rest of the film was made up of of black people and yes some are in a gang called the vampires but some are also not portrayed in a negative way like this is I like the I, that's and it goes back to the George Romero thing where it's like you you find the best actors to portray this like in if it was a west coast movie it would have been like a white gang leader or, a, or one of those elusive white ghetto gangs which don't exist what were you gonna say phil before i cut you off yeah it's mostly black people helping the white person get it the one white guy because the they know if this guy, white yeah. guy dies here yeah police are gonna come and ruin everything but man, Tony Todd, the future Candyman, the future star of Night of the Living Dead, nineteen ninety, oh, appropriately hammy, so hammy, so awesome, so good, like, and also it features you know Stacey Dash of Clueless, oh. who then kind of went nuts. Later, Trump supporter. Yeah, she's yeah, become yeah, a she went nuts. Crazy I know. Person. Yeah, I know. Man, it sucks when people go but crazy. But in between, then she was in Clueless. So. Yeah, in between, yeah. But Apparently, in, they're they're filming some crazy abortion film with um. Oh, the the pro Tommy Ro- Laren the Roe v Wade movie oh, that's pro that's yeah. pro that's with anti-abortion. Which people have like people I've heard about that people have quit. Crew yeah. members quit like when they get arrive on something like wait we're doing what we're out. <laughs> it sounds Whoa. pretty wild. <laughs> yeah, it's like wait so you're saying women shouldn't have control over their bodies? Uh, I'm out. Um. So yeah, so it's it's crazy, but yeah, enemy territory. Lord, please, I am praying to you above. Please put this out on Blu-ray. Get it out to the massive. Put it masses. Put it out somewhere. It's just a VHS rip on YouTube. Yeah, right and now. it's not good. Like that that print we saw was pristine. Yeah, pristine. It was shot by Ernest Dickerson. Freaking Ernest Dickerson. <laughs> Pre Spike Lee. Ernest Dickerson. All those episodes of The Walking Dead you like, Kit, were directed by him. He also directed a bunch of key episodes of The Wire yeah. and Tremay. Oh, sweet. I love he is, directed Juice. He is a goddamn A1 plus cinematographer director. He shot Do the Right Thing. He shot Jungle Fever. He <sighs> so shot many. No Better Blues. So much Malcolm good X. stuff. Yeah. So much good stuff. Um, so that was Enemy <laughs> Territory. Um... I highly recommend it. Even watch the YouTube rip. I don't care. Maybe I'll start my own video label and start putting out this stuff. I'm sure I'll find instantly. The soundtrack was great. Yes. So 80s synth mixed with like 80s, 80s hip hop. Yeah. So good. Sounds good. Yeah, it was a good good New York movie. And Koch era New York. Yeah, my God. Um, then I watched the uh, the movie Amer A M E R, which is uh, forgettable. That's all I got to say about it. Uh, then I watched Serial Mom. Oh, wow. I, I love since... Serial Mom. I, I saw that in the theater with Vanny when it first came out. Oh, my God. Little Phil and little Vanessa yeah. in the theater watching Serial Mom. But, that, was, that was an unexpected experience. Yeah, it was John Waters. I think it was his follow-up to uh, uh, Hairspray? It was, uh, no, it was Crybaby. Crybaby, right. So he did Hairspray, followed that up with Crybaby, then followed that up, which was another minor hit, which I saw way too young. Everyone saw Cry- Crybaby. Which Never was, seen it. It's good. I know. Johnny um, Depp's in it. That's all I know. Yeah, that's what well, I saw. My baby so many people. <laughs> my, I know. Iggy Tracy Lords. Ah. Iggy Pop. 
uh, what's her face? Uh, Ricky, Ricky Lake. Lake. Ricky Joe, Lake. I forgot she. Yeah. I know, and she's Ricky in Lake Serial Mom in with her Matthew Willard and Matthew Willard's brother. Yeah. Oh, mm-hmm. Sam Waterston's the dad. My God. And Kathleen Turner is the Serial Mom. It's such a fun movie. Uh, I watched it on VHS. I oh God, I love this movie. It was so fun. L7's in it as a band. As their their fake band name is the Camel Lips. I like which is and L seven are awesome. Like it's just like and I love how Kathleen Turner she plays this like June Cleaver, like, you know, father knows best stay at home mom who is just obsessed with serial killers and then she just starts killing people she doesn't like. Like her her son's high school teacher who says like he's there's a problem at home because he watches these terrible horror movies like and in it they're watching like Blood Feast by Herschel Gordon Lewis. They talk about Henry Portrait of a serial killer. Oh, John Waters, you made a great movie. I can't, I can't stress enough how and good L7 it is. Seven have reunited. And this is like their second reunion. Yeah, tour. they played Toronto again. I gotta go see them at one point because they're such a good band. I love their songs. They, they sold out last time they were here. Yeah, yeah. L Seven, man, they're and they, there was also publicity because like somebody posted, posted their a shit, shit list. list yeah, because yeah. they're 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 predatory men in the Toronto yeah. music. Their scene. shit list was about that, and so like someone in the in the washroom posted a shit list of like predatory men in the Trump, like full set in the. In the Toronto music scene, yeah, bathroom stall the venue. Well, was the guy from Headley on that list? <laughs> I don't possibly, possibly. I don't think so. By the way, Ooh, I'm kudos gla- to Toronto yes. Police. Yeah. Toronto Police Services. Not- There's mugshot yeah, shot. I loved that. it. They, I love because they don't release mugshots. They put no, that they up to be like, yeah. this is the best example of a douchebag we can find. He looked like such a deer in the headlights in that mugshot too. Hey guys, we were so excited to hear that a scumbag had been taken off the streets by our Toronto Police Services that our batteries died. Um, so let's uh, let's all calm down a little. Let's all get back into... So after Serial Mom, I watched Game of Death with Lillian, which was a wonderful experience, uh, except for the jerks behind us and the guy in front of us on his cell phone. But man, seeing Bruce Lee versus uh, two masters of martial arts and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, like, seeing Bruce Lee, anytime you see him, like... He was from a different planet. He was not from Earth. I don't know how he did the stuff he did. It was just so, so good. He is such a, like, it's it's bonkers. It's bonkers. Um, then I watched Lost Highway with you guys. Uh, then I saw Dragon Hunt, which was the movie we were supposed to watch tonight. And it's boring, bad, not good. And then the last movie I actually saw is the movie we're going to be watching tonight. I watched it as a preview. Um, it is Tiger Claws, starring Cynthia Rothrock, Bolo Jung, and Jalal Murphy. Shot in Toronto. So with that being said, guys, we'll be right back after Tiger Claws with our take on it. Hiya! Tiger Claws. For those few masters... It's a skill of combat. For one man, it's a weapon of murder. This killer is a highly trained martial artist. He did that with a sword? No, his hand. It's Tiger Claws. The city is being torn apart. There must be 10,000 martial artists in New York alone. And only two cops. Hit the Can stop the frenzy. Tiger Claws. 
Jalal Merai of Black Pearls, Cynthia Rothrock of No Retreat, No Surrender, and Bolo Young of Double Impact and Bloodsport. Tiger Claws. Wu-Tang Clan ain't on the f*** with she. And we're back. So that was... <laughs> Tiger Claws. Yeah, it's recording, Lillian. Sorry, I'm, I'm paying attention this time. Um, yeah, guys. So what do we all think of the 1992 exploitation classic, Tiger Claws? Yeah. Hey, that was a movie. Really? I agree. Really? You weren't won over by uh, Jalal Merhi's uh, amazing acting and fantastic forehead? Somehow not. I mean, it's not bad, though. I, I had fun watching it. Mm-hmm. I think we all have Not fun. Not to mention his incredible chemistry with Cynthia Rothrock. Or lack thereof. <laughs> I'm saying on her part... Oh, she was great. Yeah. She was great, yeah. She's good. Not the Bo best Young actress, but, like, she had chemistry. Yeah. Like, she had... She knew, she knew how to play not. the film. Yeah. Well, it was also his first film. It was a Vandy project to some respect. Um, you took a lot of notes from the looks of it. Um, <laughs> yeah, there's shit notes, though. Oh, jeez. Um, okay, so where to begin with this? Well, it, it begins with a nice tribal kind of synth soundtrack to start us off on the New York skyline. Yeah, and there's lots of shots of New York's mm-hmm. uh, Chinatown. We find out that it's called Tiger Kral in some Is other language. Is that K-R-A-L-L-E? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, we're not really sure where this version of the movie came from. We watched it on YouTube, yeah. folks. K R A L L, Tiger Crawl. Tiger Crawl. There was an E at the end. I didn't think so. Named after mm. Diana Crawl's long lost brother. <laughs> oh, good old Tiger Crawl, the Latin jazz performer, not just regular jazz or piano jazz. Um, so we're introduced right away to Cynthia Rothrock, who is undercover as a prostitute, uh, Julia no, no, Roberts no, she's, style. she's not undercover as a prostitute. She's just undercover as a attractive woman walking down the street. Oh, I and thought, then she's I thought she was by playing a, up like the Julia no, Roberts pretty woman. Well, they, she has that look to her with like the, the kind of like the, the, the haircut and the tight dress. Yeah, and the, the bad uh, black hair wig. The red lipstick, sunglasses, black wig, like tight outfit. She's just like a little bit of bait. She's some hot stuff coming through. <laughs> and this scene, we've uh, we've now cut to Toronto as New York. Yeah, which might be the Dan Force. It is I the Dan yeah, sure. Because it's close. We realize it's close to the big carrot or the carrot common as it's yeah, known. Yeah, I thought I thought at some point it was a Dan Force, and then there was a shot where it was you could see blurred in the background the that blue bilingual signage that's still there. And she does. She. Manages to nab uh, this really bad guy. Well, uh, no one's credited as psycho rapist. Psycho rapist, and we just like he's just. Oh, sorry. It's all good. He's... Sorry, I'm just I just motioned to Kit to turn on the light behind him. Not that oh, not that our see listeners him will while know. While you're talking to him. Um, so but he's he's super sweaty. <laughs> the psycho rapist. He's he's wearing a shirt, but it's covered in sweat. Yeah. And... So is our cop though the one that's pursuing them like her backup like yeah. he, his his shirt I realized you can see the sweat ring on his chest as his dark sweaty chest hair it is pushing through. It was a hot day through. in Toronto although Cynthia Rockwell Rothrock not Rothrock like the today yes not yeah today was a today. sweaty day as well yeah. but Holy Cynthia moly. Rothrock keeps it cool so the psycho rapist follows Cynthia We've Rothrock into an alleyway and all of a sudden you're like oh my god and the well the cop actually gets distracted by another woman in a very tight dress. And the camera like shows like, oh, he's looking at her butt, and he's like, ooh. And then he turns around, and the psycho rapist and Cynthia Rothrock are no longer there. So then we go to an alleyway, which looks very much like a Queen West alleyway, I believe. 
and Graham knows his alleyways. I do. I've shot in all of them. Like that's the thing. I know most. Everyone's like, "How can you instantly tell it's Toronto?" I'm like, "Because I've shot in the place where they're filming. I know it." Oh, let's not forget the drummer and the like the kind of the faux tribal like yeah, vest yeah, that he's yeah. wearing. Some some little cultural appropriation. It's, yeah, it's the busking drummer <laughs> yeah. with his big oh, ass ponytail. The fight scene. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kept yeah. Going back and forth. Yeah, it's a little. I'm, I'm, even though I don't think it's on purpose, but I, I saw it as a little homage to 1990, The Bronx Warriors. So uh, he's like drumming away as like this whole scene is he's happening. He's basically choreographing the entire fight scene. Yeah, so Psycho Rapist corners Cynthia Rothrock in the alleyway, and then he tries to make the move. He's like, "You whores are all the same." And then she like spin kicks him in the face, and it's awesome. And then she like spin kicks him in the face like three or four times, like in a row, like whack 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 whack, and then yeah, beats she the crap really out of him. him. Yeah. yeah. Which is, again, Cynthia Rothrock is an amazing martial artist and, I would say, an amazing presence on screen. Then, finally, her uh, partner shows up, and he's like, oh, I got here just in time. And she says something like, just in time to, like, watch him fall down or something like that. I don't know. She's tired tired with this Mickey Mouse shit, or I forget what right, she says Right, yeah, she exactly. wants to stop basically acting like bait to, like, lure in, like, predators on the street, and she wants to, like, crack the real cases, you know? I mean, she got a rapist off the street, which is good. Which but. brings us to what the real cases are. Apparently, these great martial uh, artists are being killed by the Tiger Claw. This is correct. Yes. Um, well, first first we meet our star. Oh, Jalal Murphy. Who looks like Furio from The Sopranos. Yeah, that's a good thing. So he's on a... He's a, he's a loose cannon. He's about to, like, crack open this whole drug sting. But there are two other officers, two losers. He's got a little bit of a Michael thing from Sopranos going, too, doesn't he? Michael. A little bit. Michael. Michael Imperioli? Yeah. Christopher? I can Christopher. see it in the... I can see Thank you, Christopher from Sopranos. That's his name. It's it's just the, the ponytail I can makes see the nose. I can me, see the nose. Yeah, of, yeah. yeah the schnoz. The features, yeah. Yeah, the old schnoz gives it away. Um, so this is our hero. He is, like, conducting... Well, he... We first meet him in the police off a police station where he's trying to get more Although, money to commit to do this drug buy. Just just to say, he's got a hell of a lot of forehead, whereas Michael Imperioli has almost no forehead whatsoever. Yeah. So or the features, I guess, All the right, nose and the a uh, little bit of the mouth. The five know. head, as the kids call it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, good old five head. Good old Steven Seagal five head. I can see why he was called the Steven Seagal of Beirut. However, as we found out in the trailers for parts two and three, he gets a haircut in between. A much better oh haircut. He looks a lot better. He looks a lot more 90s in so those. Does, uh, so does Cynthia Rockwell, who uh, I think you described her as having a Wilson Roth Phillips. Rock. Roth Roth Roth. Yeah, I, I think I said it was like Wilson Phillips haircut. Yeah. Yeah, Roth yeah she's Roth got the old Roth Wilson Roth. Phillips like uh, singing on the beach yeah, uh, yeah. haircut. Hold, Hold on. on for one more day. One more day. Yep. Hold on. Dude, I'm already doing the needle drop. It's all good. Don't worry. Yeah, just like the really like short, like it's short and different layers and it's uh, blonde and thin and it just like flows when she turns her head. Uh, So where do we go from there, Lillian? Uh, where do we go from where? Bill Rickles. Can you can you describe <laughs> no, Bill? We're not, we're not Bill Pickles, Bill Pickles yet. Bill Pickles. 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 Where Pickles. are we at? I, I kind of lost track. Oh, uh, of we're at the the, the drug buy. So the probing. <laughs> so so uh, so Jalal notices Cynthia Rothrock walking through the police station as she's like talking to a, a forensics doctor. Like, hey, that death dealer murder that just happened. I think there's more to it. And the doctor's like, yeah, there is. But the, that guy that got to like. Do the the to be on the case is no good or something, and th- this is when Jalal mention notices her as he's like asking for more money to, for this drug buy that he wants to do. 
cut to the drug buy, and we see two... Um, two he's, he's wearing a busy shirt. Yeah, he's a very busy drug dealer shirt. Why are you shaking your head, Lily? You don't like the busyness? You guys are giving him such heck for that shirt. And then only realize, like, later at the end of the movie that it's because he was doing a drug bust and he was undercover. Duh! He does not wear busy shirts throughout no. the film. He just, he just wears one. That's a magic eye and shirt. And you know what? It I'm going to say something. Shirt. In the 90s, I would have loved that shirt. I would have loved the crap out of the shirt in 1992. He wears a lot of white pants, as do most of the characters. Yeah, a lot of the men wear white pants in this movie, which I don't know how that works. Um, so anyways, we're, we go to this drug buy where he is trying to, like, uh, basically, entra- not entrap, but just sort of, like, get a bunch of... He's undercover. His partner is actually a criminal that he's using for the drug buy, and there's, like, several mustachioed white guys who are clearly the head of this drug cartel in... Scarborough or they, they shot got this. big hair big These hair fellas. big stashes uh, double breasted suits it's, it's it's full on 90s here we got like some good old stashes and hair the and big suits. drug dealers of Ashbridge's Bay yeah or Bluffers Park um, one of them looks a little like uh, what's his name David Farina there Dennis Farina. Dennis yeah, Farina, I know. Yeah. I was thinking that too. I'm like, oh my god, it's Dennis there Farina. Are, there are many mustaches in this movie. Many mighty mustaches. That was the Canadian way in 1991. Everyone, my dad had a mustache. Like, I'm pretty sure everyone on the street had a mustache. By the way, guys, I've been toying around with the idea of getting rid of the beard and going just with a handlebar mustache. How would that work? Do it. Do it. Do you. I'm going to take it from the looks on Kit and Phil's faces that no, I'm not going to do it. <laughs> with like hefty mutton chops going too, like. Yeah. So they could connect them to the mustache. <laughs> no, no, I wouldn't do that. We'll see. I don't know. I'm afraid to lose the beard at this point. Go, it's been, go full on Morgan Spurlock. And it's been too many years since I've had like no beard that I'm afraid of what my chin looks like now. Um, you got a fine chin. You got a handsome chin. Oh, thanks, guys. Love that chin, Graham. We'll see. Um, Free the chin. Free <laughs> the chin. <laughs> We'll see, guys. Anyhow. Anyhow, so back, so we still haven't gotten through scene three yeah, yet. Yeah, the drug bus goes awry when our, when Gild, Rosencrantz and Gildenstern As I've called them, yeah, I call them the Rosencrantz and Gildenstern of this film, because they're two, like, loser police officers that always kind of happen to be around when the big stuff goes down. Mel, he, Mel, uh, Jalal has, like, the, the drug dealers, he pulls one gun, he's like, you're under arrest, blah, 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 and all the drug dealers are like, oh, man, you got us. And then all of a sudden, the other two cops show up, they pull their guns, and like, freeze, nobody move! And the drug dealers are like, there's more than one gun, let's pull out our guns and fire back. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't make much sense. It's like, it, oh, one cop is enough, but three cops? Nah, we're out of here. Yeah, we got this. Um, so anyways, uh, Jalal follows two guys that run away with the drugs, and this is where we see the first of Jalal's very suspect martial arts. Uh, he gets covered up a lot in the edit. Like, he gets say, like, the editor made him look way better than he actually is, because with Cynthia Rothrock, they're all like beautiful wide shots. You see the full kick, the full action, the full finesse, and with him, it's like, edit, edit, edit. Um, he's long- a little less edited in this scene, though. Like, he's much better edited in subsequent scenes. Yeah, it's still pretty choppy, though. But I think, uh, so, anyways, this scene goes haywire. He throws some kicks. Uh, and then the head bad guy, our Captain Mustache, if you will, uh, drives off in Rosencrantz's car. And uh, Jalal fires a gun. He shoots at the rear window. Then he hits another. We think we're not sure who he hits. I think he hits the driver. The driver, the driver drives into, into some, some barrels some containing barrels. containing explosives for some reason. And then the car explodes. Um, the dri- spectacular. Yes, the, the uh, most expensive scene in the uh, movie. And then uh, Rosen or Gildenstern then says, "Hey, that was my car." And then cut to we're back at the police station. What happens next, Lillian? Well, they're in trouble because that guy was supposed to be taken in alive. Yeah, and yet he's yeah, burned a alive. Key witness. 
I don't understand how are, these, um, these two investigations are going on simultaneously. Well, you think that they would have know, some right? uh, coordination, but... Yeah. It's like some straight-up Gidevin stuff going on here. Yeah. And, different factions of the police uh, station. Just. I believe um, Jalal and uh, Cynthia are taking the fall for this one. Well, Cynthia's not Cynthia's involved not yet. Cynthia's not a part. Jalal takes the fall, so he, he gets he suspended. Gets his, uh, he gets suspended. He's not allowed to use a gun. He's, he's Oh, yeah. Him and Cynthia You're partner You're off the force. You're a loose cannon, Jalal. Sorry. Well, that's not his name. Tarek in the movie. What, what's his name in the movie? Tarek Richards. Tarek Richards. Uh, I did not catch that once. Yeah, it's Tarek. Well, everyone calls him Tarek by his first name. Like, they're very casual in the police force. Um, so then Cynthia confronts the police chief um, after... Okay, so at this point, we're introduced to Bill Pickles. Who, guess what? Bill Pickles, as himself, is a TV martial arts host who, like, chops a watermelon in half with using a samurai sword while blindfolded on uh, a On TV. a woman's torso. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, a very dangerous. clad woman's torso. Fairly scantily clad for those times. So. For those times. There was a lot of spandex. Um, and uh, Bill Pickles, as we learned through his interactions with his crew, is kind of a dick. Um, and then he's he goes back to his dressing room. He watches a video of himself, and he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And a poor wardrobe stylist wants him to try something on. He's like, I'm sure it'll fit. And then he goes back to his video, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then our killer breaks in and scratches his face and kills him. Oh, it, it's pretty sweet. The killer breaks in and then grabs him out of his chair like a sitcom, like a Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Yeah. Like, um, like Uncle Phil grabbing Will. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yes. Or grabbing Jazz just before he's about to throw him out of the house. <laughs> ah! And we hear the kicks and the slaps and the oohs and, and the, the grunts, yeah. Yeah, a and all we see is the chair that he was sitting in with the TV screen behind yeah. him of we're, him we're, we're just going, boasting about himself. You gotta be ready at any is, yeah. moment to take on blah, blah, blah. You yeah, you don't want to be, be a loser. Ready. You don't want to be slapped around. You want to be cool like <laughs> me who can fight off anyone. I don't take no crap from nobody. So yeah, that, yeah, it was good oh, use yeah, of no, contrast no. in that movie. Yeah. If, if you don't take if you don't take my style, you get pushed around, and then he gets pushed around and uh, and killed, marked with the tiger claws, tiger style. Yeah, we see him getting thrown back on the chair with the mark of the tiger, and he is dead. And that is our our first on screen kill of a martial artist, but in storyline, I think this is the second kill. And so at this point, we see um, our... It, it, they're called the Death Dealer. And well, the, yeah, it must be the third one, because he's already got a name. The, the, yeah, the press is calling him the Death Dealer. And the dealer. police identify... The, the original detective in charge of the case identifies him as a serial killer on a TV interview, where he hilariously says, you know, serial killers, they're hard to catch. <laughs> it's just like... <laughs> We, we don't know when we're going to catch this guy. Just yeah. lock your doors. We kind of just give up until they confess, you know. <laughs> just close your windows, lock your doors. Have a good summer. Hard to find <laughs> a motive with these guys, you know. You Kill just, it random. You know, just that killing, chilling, illing. Um, and at this point, the commissioner starts trusting. They're like, what are you doing? And the detective's like, what do you want me to do? I was like, informing the public. And the, the commissioner's like... You gave him a name, Death Dealer. And he's like, I thought that would be a good thing. Anyway, Cynthia Rothrock barges in, and she actually points out, like, hey, so all these martial arts have been killed, and on top of that, they all seem to have, like, suffered injuries from a martial arts attack. And, and the only blood, the only um, is the scratch. open wound is the scratch on their face. But the other detective is just like, that's nonsense. Yeah, whatever, lady. Whatever, lady. He's very <laughs> uh, sexist, very much like, you think a woman can think? And um, and then she's like, I'm going to give you my theory. And he's like, well, I got no other ideas. Yeah, so. he's thinking it's some dude on the street doing it. 
And then she actually presents a comprehensive action. I, I didn't see it that way. I saw it as the cop being frustrated with the doofus that he's got on the case already. Oh, oh, the doofus is the and, sexist one mainly. Uh, but. He's just like, well, let me hear it. Because anything's going to be better than whatever this freaking ape has. Sorry, we were actually talking about the doofus. But no, but like no, you're talking about the yeah, the, the anyth- chief anything, commissioner or whatever, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, he's he's at his wits end. He's no, like, I, anything might be good it now. Have to do with the fact that she was a woman. It I was feel like, like anything's I feel like I'm, gonna be better than. But I whatever. feel like the unspoken thing was anything. Like yeah, yeah even even words no, no, from I, this I, day. I was I was speaking in the phrase of the doofus being like. No, You'll but think. the commissioner, I think, so got a, got a little bit like, yeah. But then, but then she actually presents a comprehensive plan, and he's like, yeah, I'll that makes take sense. advice from a child at this point. You might as well speak. Yeah. I felt like that was the. Uh... But then, when she presents her plan, he's like, yeah, that makes sense. Fires the other guy, and then says like, I'm going to stick you with someone that knows about kung fu. There's this disgraced cop that's recently suspended. Let's go to his houseboat, because that's where all cool guys in action movies live in the early 1990s houseboats. Uh, take it away, Phil. Alright, so we're in the houseboat where Jalal Mary lives, which is the classic cop cliche of, uh, as probably influenced by Lethal Weapon 2? Yeah, Lethal Weapon 2. Yeah. And some other cop movies that I can't think of. Um, I think, like, even in uh, Double Impact, I think, doesn't jump yes he does he's on a houseboat i'm pretty sure he is yeah yeah that's correct one of them is anyway the sexy one (laughs) Um, oh it's sexy to live on a houseboat huh well the one who's wearing like the sexy underwear oh and this is exactly actually it's exactly at this moment where he explains that he's parted with his wife and now he's just living alone and needs to needs that quietness or whatever you're going on the boat (laughs) The I get the house, house, you get the boat. Uh, well, they actually, they explained that the houseboat is part of his cover, because as a wheeler and dealer in the drug world, he needs to be very transient, so he lives on a houseboat. But he's like, I always work alone, and, and they, they always, always work alone. Is, is the, yeah, the so cliche. this is a scene where uh, he's confronted to be put on this case. Yeah, yeah. he doesn't want it. He works alone. He works alone. But this is his only chance to get back in good with the force. So he agrees reluctantly, and he says, and she gives him the files to look over, and he's like, all right, I'll take a look. I'll see you tomorrow at 10. And she's like, eight. And he's like, ah, okay. Because apparently he's one of those cops that doesn't work before 10 a.m. in the morning. (laughs) It was a power play. Understandable. Mm -hmm. So then in the morning they meet, and he explains, like, this is clearly Tiger style. How do you know that? I used to do it. That's a big coincidence, but it also makes sense. Tiger style. We've already dropped in that song like at least once by this point, guys. Come on. Well, you could you could wait till this point to drop it. I might just. It's, it's a huge influence on the RZA. <laughs> I know. Thirty six chambers would not exist without this movie. Pr- Prince Rakim was listening, uh, was watching this movie, and he was like, "I know what to do." So then, <laughs> Jalal says. I know exactly where to start. And she's like, where? And he's like, Chinatown. Cut to footage of New York's Chinatown. Cut to footage of our actors in Toronto's Chinatown. And she's like, what's the plan? And he's like, we're just going to walk around and take a look and see what we find. And she's like, that's your plan? Good old dumbass and hero. And he's like, yeah, let's do it. So they walk around. They like kind of like ask a bunch of different people. They go into some like Chinese restaurants. They ask some dude with uh, an eye patch. An eye patch. And he kind of points them down the way. And that's when it turns out that there is a martial arts tournament happening. Where some people that teach Tiger Style are actually performing at. And this I know, is he, goes, wait, he goes to a dojo first, right? 
Yes. I believe that's the style, yeah. Yeah, something mm. like that. And at the dojo, there's a guy learning drunken master style, which I love, drunken kung fu. Because he's like falling all over the place while landing sweet kicks. Um, and he's like, he has the Sifu there, which mean, which is sensei if you're a karate fan or teacher in education. I heard seafood the entire time. I know, he kept hearing I seafood. Hungry. I got it's hungry. C hyphen and then, then one guy's like seafood chow, and I'm like, I'm, I'm hungry. I'm really hungry now. This is sounds delicious. Okay. Stop saying it, kid. I haven't. You're killing me. I have not had dinner yet, kid. Jesus. Oh no. It's eleven o'clock at night. I'm hungry. I gotta eat some tiger um, claws. Mmm. Mm. I don't want to eat a feline. Jeez. No. Anyways, so. That does not sound particularly delicious. Ice cream? No, it'd be it'd be pretty chewy. I'm sure. Mm -hmm. Ice cream or is it a donut? Hard to pass. I think you're thinking of a beer tiger claw. Tail. Beer claw. No, is there's a tiger claw and ice cream though. On tiger a stick? tail. Tiger tail. Oh, tiger tail. <laughs> it's the licorice. Uh, it's the orange liquor, black licorice ice cream. I think you're confusing with like the bear claw donut. And, uh, I'm mixing tail them both. Yeah, like yeah. put your hands together. I say. What if we created a ice cream donut? Oh my god. Called tiger claw. Tiger tail with tiger bear claw. Crawl. Oh. Tiger Claw. All right, I'm sorry, listeners. I think we've got a new venture here. We're gonna abandon the podcast. Why? Ship, abandon ship. Death by Tiger Claw. No, it's like someone's gonna be like, "Why is your ice cream company, ice cream donut company, called Death by Video?" Well, way back when we did 41 videos on films. Story. When I was your age. Um, no, so... You never know what inspiration's gonna take hold. So at this dojo, um, Jalal and Cynthia are totally not acting like cops. They're like, hey, we got some questions for you, but we're not police. And, um... No, we, we just... I just want to take some training. Yeah, and, he, and Jalal's like, I want to train in tiger style. And the guy's like, why? He's like, because I used to do it. And the Sifu there is like, uh, no. And that's the end of that. So they go outside to find the guy practicing drunken master style being assaulted by a bunch of... Of um, hoods, hoods, basically, yeah. yeah. Some uh, near do wells using martial arts weapons. Uh, Cynthia Rothrock and uh, Jill all proceed she to. She acquits herself well. Yeah, he, lots of spin kicks. He, he does okay. He uses the the magical martial arts of editing to <laughs> to defeat them. Yeah, this is a much better edited shot because you mostly just see leg kicks. Yeah, it all turns between like his face and just the leg kicks. So they save this guy, and the guy's like, oh, another yeah. Another alleyway scene. Another alleyway scene. And the, the, the drunken master guy's like, oh, you might find someone that practices Tiger Cell at this tournament that's happening tomorrow. And so they go, and it turns out that Jalal actually knows someone at the tournament. And you're like, oh. By the way, I'll point out that the this tournament is the first instance of using part of Pie in the Sky Studios, because they use the lobby of Pie in the Sky Studios as the lobby of the martial arts tournament, which they call the Tournament of the Year. Tournament of the Year. And the, uh, the winner looks, he's a Jeff Foxworthy-looking motherfucker. Uh. <laughs> I have to bleep that out now, man. <laughs> yeah. He, knows he, that true, though, he yeah. uses that redneck kung fu that, that all the southern boys know. And 70% of this movie is... His mustaches? No, I was. Uh, I, 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 and mullets. Yes, yeah. yeah, so I was also going to say, seventy percent of the movie is filmed at Pie in the Sky Studios. I know Pie in the Sky, man. Tim uh, from Pie in the Sky. Well, I'm going to tag him in this. He's going to be so like, like concerned, like just throw him for a loop where, where this random podcast has like tagged him in their their episode about a horrible '90s kung fu movie. Do it. I'm sure he I knows will. Tiger Claw as well. He does. That's where I first heard of it. Yeah. I think the other one was Operation Order of the Phoenix or something was another one. Is that Anyways, another Jalal joint? That was another Jalal joint. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I tried to find that one, but it's was not Billy available. Was Blanks in that one? Jalal's joint. I don't think so. 
<laughs> Tony Little. I want to find Jalal and like cast him in my next movie. He's probably Union though at this point. Well, he was Union in '91 for for Tiger Claws. Do it. Oh, that's gonna be the death of me. Um, so him anyway, and Jimmy yeah. Bennett. So Jeff Foxworthy wins the uh, the tournament of theater. Yeah. <laughs> with and his with his hilarious rednecks jokes. Yeah. <laughs> You ever find yourself holding the Kung Fu Tournament trophy and you know nothing about Kung Fu, you might be a redneck. Um, anyways, uh, at the tournament, Jalal happens to stand next to some guy with a scratch on his face and he's like, oh, that's the sign of the tiger style. And Jalal says, hey, do you know anyone that teaches tiger style? And the guy said, guy doesn't say anything. He's like, and then Jalal's like, I would like to learn tiger style. The guy still doesn't say anything. And Jalal then goes, I'd really, really like to learn Tiger Style. And the guy walks away, and Jalal's like, that's all I got, man. Um, <laughs> and then... Played all my cards. Yeah. And then they, um, whatchamacallit, they go to... So he, uh, so uh, Jeff Foxworthy beats uh, <laughs> the ti- the guy with the tiger scratch, yeah. uh, his, his number one pupil. And so they find out who it is. After that, Jeff Foxworthy is killed by our kung fu killer. Yep, and he's, he's friends with uh, with uh, our with Jalal, hero. Yeah, yeah, Jalal and him go way way back. Apparently, Jalal goes way way back with a lot of other people because he trained in Tiger Cell in China. Yeah, yeah, China. Back whenever that happened, um, and so uh, Jeff Foxworthy gets killed by the kung fu killer. Also, in a different Halloween pie in the sky, uh, where they had well, an ice we've, machine. We've we've actually already seen um, what's the guy's name? The actor. Bolo Young. Bolo Young. We've seen him in the audience. That's true. We've seen him in the sinister. Audience. And then when when Jeff Foxworthy gets killed, we yeah. see him. We see him killed. Only He's only only, only for split seconds. Too. Yeah, yeah. But here's the thing, though. When I first watched this movie, I didn't notice him at all until like it was revealed he was the killer. Oh, okay. And and I did point out at the start he plays the killer in the movie. Yeah, so that might have you helped. You helped us. I definitely helped you guys along a little bit. So then, uh, where are we, guys? Lil Phil Kit. Um, so, uh, Jaleel, Jaleel? Jaleel White? Turns, nope. <laughs> nope. From Family Matters? <laughs> <laughs> Did I do that? There's a lost highway <laughs> transformation here. <laughs> oh, man. Um, no, um, uh, uh, Turok? Tur- t- Tarek? <laughs> Turok, the last dinosaur hunter. Just uh, call him Jalal. F- Furio. J-A-L-A-L, it's easy to Jalal, pronounce. Jalal. I forgot what his name was. Um, he's distraught, um, so he's he's practicing his his moves on Toronto Island, and um, yep. Cynthia Rothrock shows up in her pink blazer with the uh, with the big shoulder plaid pads. Alice, shoulder plaids. Plaids. Shoulder pads. Uh, shoulder pads uh, sort of a proto Agent Scully. Yeah. The um, early the late eighties didn't die in Toronto until at least nineteen ninety five. Um, and she's like, I thought I'd find you here. And it's like... Right next to his house. Yeah. <laughs> but he's he's too distraught. And uh, she's like, oh, we got a lead, uh, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Well, we found... We need you to go under we're gonna cover. We're going to... Tra- no, no. She's like, we're going to track down where the guy that he beat. Because we think... Because here's how their mind works. Well, they don't get into this club or whatever. So they're doing a little bit of scoping. Mm-hmm. Right? So here's how the mindset of the of the... New York City Police I just used the air quotes the New York City Police Department worked back in 1991 in the universe of this movie your friend was just killed the guy he beat in a martial arts tournament then becomes the number one suspect which is yes. kind of ludicrous so they're like we're gonna follow him around so they follow him to this 
sorry, movie theater on the Donlands in the Don New Lands York. The Donlands movie theater, yes. In New York City, whereas, like, as opposed to Donlands Toronto, which is the exterior of Pine the Sky Studios. And he's like, look, they're going into the Donlands. Well, what could he possibly be doing in an old movie theater? And Jalal says, you know these martial artists? They train anywhere they can. Well, Doesn't the, matter. You can't, you can't uh, <laughs> skip Jalal uh, breaking the no swimming sign because he's so upset about his friend getting oh, killed. Yeah. Oops, did I do that? <laughs> yes, Talil White as Jalal. Jalal, as when Cindy Rothrock leaves, he's so distraught with the death of his friend that he punches through a no swimming sign. Which, you know, that's so hazardous to... Somebody ev- dies the next I know, day. It's like, manslaughter. Somebody, like, somebody could go swimming. There's no lifeguard there. Not even a piece of the post, but like somebody comes along like, the no swimming sign is gone. That means this is safe for swimming now. I can go swim. All of a sudden they get stuck in the undertow. They get sucked out to sea and die. That's manslaughter. in New York City, they are attached to an ocean as opposed to in Toronto where they're attached to a great lake. Poisonous Lake Ontario. Yeah, there's no undertow in Lake Ontario though. Not that we know of. You might grow a third of limb though. Yeah. <laughs> you might. <laughs> or an eighth eye. I don't know what that joke was. Just to go along okay. with the other seven you already have? Yeah, from breathing in all that toxic Ford air. Um, so, yeah. So, what happens from here? So, at this point, they decide, hey, we're going to watch this guy. We're going to just hang out. Uh, he wants to go in. Cynthia Rothwell goes, like, no, let's hang out outside. Let's take photos. Yeah, she takes a bunch of photos of people, and he's all huffing and puffing because he wants to do stuff. Yeah. Yeah, his whole thing is like... He wants to go right in. She's like, no, we're going to do it my way. This yeah. is my case. Doesn't someone else get killed? Oh, the, the knife guy. The the sword guy. Oh, we forgot all about... The sword, sword guy. guy dies. He gets introduced and then killed, and that's basically... Instantly, because... And... Uh, and Jill- Although they do a, a cool edit here, where... Um, so, sword guy... So, this sword guy mm-hmm. is introduced. He's just part of a dojo, and he's like, here's how you do a sword. He basically said... He also says that... Um... The traditional moves don't win tournaments. Now you got to add flash and pop and circumstance. Yeah, yeah. And someone's like, "What are the like historical move like uh, meaning behind all the movements?" And he's like, "That doesn't mean crap. No one cares. It's all about the flash." The flash. And then he gets killed in the next scene. And then they do, they that do cool- something. They, they do something really artistic. Go ahead, Kit. Well, uh, they do a kind of a cool scene. So we see him get killed. We still don't quite see the killer. This is before uh, Jeff Foxworthy gets killed. Um, so he he he's laying on the ground. Blah blah blah. Dead. And the next thing we see is our hero kneel down, kind of to like, yeah, check him out. We're like, wait, is he the killer? But then you realize, oh no, it's no, a the lights come later. on, the police are there. Yeah. It was, it was really it's good. It's a cool edit. Yeah. So here's the thing: this film is actually pretty decently directed, I have to say. Yep. Like Kelly Martin, Markin did a really good job. Yeah. Um, and I think so, does this spark the whole like, maybe if we had done more action and less watching outside of a movie theater we would have actually like accomplished something well i mean we went back before jeff foxworthy was killed now we're going forward after he was killed yeah and i guess that's kind of his drive he's like we need to take action she's like no Mm -hmm. this is my case we're gonna wait outside it's a whole stakeout situation so then he goes inside no 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 go ahead well they put a wire on him yeah No, no 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 this is after after they put a wire on him so they he first decides i'm gonna go inside by myself while cynthia rothrock is elsewhere developing the photos apparently because the police department doesn't use one hour developing, and um, right, right, he right. go he goes in, and he gets accepted, and he says like I I tr- well, the only way weren't they talking to the commissioner, and the only way that he allowed this little plan of theirs to go through was if he wore a wire. 
Yes, but that's a little later on. So he goes in on his own. Ro- he goes rogue, doesn't tell Cynthia Rothrock. Gets in by saying, I trained in China under this guy. And the guy's like, oh, I knew him when I was in China as well. But then we lost touch when I moved here. And so he gets he gets said like come back tomorrow and then he goes to the commissioner and Cynthia Rothrock and says like oh yeah I'm now undercover training there and the commissioner's like what did you know this Cynthia Rothrock and Cynthia Rothrock is like yeah I totally knew that ha 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 and By the, way, the uh, commissioner is like the worst actor in this film like, I know but he's, he's very just, familiar though that's the thing I know I know his face I swear like an episode of Street Legal or he's just, uh, he's just grumpy or as, as we were yeah. reminiscing the other night the hitchhiker that used to the show hitchhiker. on Showcase it's so. either some uh, CBC or Showcase program. Yeah, for yeah sure. maybe he was in a couple episodes of Due South or uh, Street Legal is a good pull. Beachcombers? No, that was West Coast. That oh. was in Toronto. Twitch City? <sighs> Twitch City. Twitch City. He in Twitch City. Maybe something, some... something that was received in Ontario, uh, Canada Arts Council Grant. No television shows received the Canada Arts Council grant. Ontario? It'd be the Ontario Media Development Corporation. Okay. AKA the Ontario Media Development, or the Ontario Film Development Fund. What's Corporation. that show, Private oh. Eye? With, with the Private one Eyes with, with Jason Priestley? Thomas? Yes. Uh, Thomas. Yes. Yeah, I was going to say, Private Eyes starring Jason Priestley had some of its episodes directed by the director of Tiger Claws. There we go. Whoa, mind blown. Nobody is listening to this podcast at this point. <laughs> We've turned everybody off. <laughs> By our talk about Canadian All right, so, TV. so let's cut to the chase. So he's going undercover. So, he's going to the Yeah, uh, so the she, she rigs him with a wire. And I don't understand because I've mic'd so many people in the film industry. I have no idea because they were using the old, like, real-to-real tape recorders as well. Yeah, I have that's no, a huge box. I have no idea how that stayed on while he was getting kicked around. So his There's no his way whole, that it did, yeah. His whole initiation into the Tiger Claws, and at this point we see Bolo Young wearing glasses, like, painting a wall. Like, oh, that's just our painter, Chong. He just paints. He does nothing else. He just yeah, paints. he just paints and likes to watch us. Um, and to be fair, it was never really an issue in the movie. Yeah. Kinda, yeah, the wire was there. That's it. Yeah, she could hear yeah, everything. She heard everything. That big reel-to-reel tape recorder recorded everything. I'm sure you would, she would just be hearing feedback because he just yeah. keeps getting kicked. Well, it would and just, just be, like it would muffled all, against his. Here's like, here's what it would sound like. Yeah, exactly. Only I heard that, and it sounds accurate. <laughs> but I, I knew in the movie, it was like she was literally a fly on the wall with a recorder yep. and she had was the like, best. She was just sitting right there. Yeah, she wasn't even wearing headphones. Nope. Yeah. Yeah, apparently, just app- to the, uh... apparently the wire was attached to like a speaker, <laughs> the, the car stereo system. So he's, his initiation so, is so the New York Police Department has amazing technology that we don't know about. That's yeah, all. Yeah, apparently. So, you gotta so the um, uh, so the initiation is that he has to get like basically like, defend himself against all these different fighters. He does. They welcome him in, and then. Um, he is this when the car doesn't no, start? Well, no, no, no. They he comes oh back God. and she's like, "What happened?" He's like, "I ducked when oh, I, I should have." Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I went high when I should have went low or something. And so they come back the next night, kind of a, a quick cut to the next night. Mm-hmm. Um, and more he's training again. And they're doing the whole like, put my hand in the walk full of hot sand and hot chains and hot chains and, <laughs> and pretend hot. that I love it. Yeah. <laughs> Our guy Jalal's doing pretty good. Like everybody else is just trying to get their fingers in and out really quick, but he's sitting there and like playing it's, with the sand and. It's only it. him and our chief suspect, the guy who won the fight. I want to say his name. I, think, I want to say three people. There were three people doing it, but but Jalal was doing it best, and then I think the other guy who I, 
I'm pretty sure I'm wrong, but I want to say his name is just Lee in the movie. Yeah, it could be. Okay. That's likely. Uh, yeah, they're doing it well, and then at the end of the training... Well, well, meanwhile, Chong is just kind of watching and he's smiling. He's just, like, smiling and painting, <laughs> like, ha, I'm painting a dragon. It's so great. Um, and then at the end, after they train, they change in, like, a dirty hallway, apparently. They have no uh, locker room at this, like, uh, underground Tiger Claw kung fu in, style. In the abandoned Don Lance Theater. Yep. A.K.A. Pie in the Sky Studios 1. Um, or Pie 1, as we say in the biz. Hey, it's the way of the tiger. Oh, snap. Um, so, anyways... Uh, the Jalal and Lee are kind of like, and Chong is just sort of like hanging out. They're like, "Hey, let's go get a quick drink." Uh, and then they go to a strip club, which is like I think it's called Gentleman's Club. I think yes. it's called the Tiger's Paw oh, or something. Christ, it's something. Come on. Yeah, it's you're a probably pun right. on. It's a pun on like Tiger. It's very on the nose. We call it uh, Gentleman's Club. Let's be honest. It's a it's a dirty strip club. But yeah, it's however, not even a good one. But the thing is, this is a PG thirteen movie, so nothing is bared by nope, anyone. Nope. 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 And they're kind of having a conversation while the show is going on in front of them. And all of a sudden, the hoods from the back alley burst in with guns. And they're like, oh, early on. Wait, sorry. Before we get to that, I, I missed a bunch. I'm talking well, a lot did, this episode. We did, we did get to the hoods. We talked about the hoods. Yeah, but. In the, the alleyway. I missed, I missed the point. Though. So, um, uh, Jalal and Lee, uh, they basically, all the drinks come down and like, to Tiger style. And then they go, clink, to Tiger style. And Jalal's like, why are these drinks free? And it's like, oh, our, the, the old Chinese guy that owns this strip club, he's friends with us for some reason. So they're on he the house. That's from time to time. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I missed mm-hmm. that. And then what happens, Lillian? A gunfight breaks out. Really? With the hoods. <laughs> they hold somebody hostage. They're like, hey, you, some guy, you got to come out here. It's or the hoods else. that they beat up in the back alley. Oh, the guys in the white t-shirts and the long hair. They come out, yeah, and they tear well, the place up a bit. Well, the bad guys want to assault the owner of the strip club. And they hold this woman hostage. Like, I think it, uh, she's a cocktail waitress. And um, our guys are, like, our Jalal, Lee, and Chong, a.k.a. Uh, Bolo Jung, are just kind of like, oh, my God, what happened? And uh, then all of a sudden, these long-haired dudes with white t-shirts burst out, as Loon was saying. And they proceed to shoot at our bad guys. The bad guys shoot back. Both the, the long-haired guys with t-shirts fight, uh, go down and with bullet hits. And then at this point, Jalal's like, you Man, know what? The, the flowing hair on those long-haired guys with t-shirts, that was something. It's one of those situations where you have a little war breakout between two sides. And you're... The, our lead characters are kind of in the right place at the right time. It's like a good thing they're there because they're going to kick some butt. Uh, long story short, um, at this point, Jalal picks up the table, uses it as a banner ram, knocks down one of the guys, and then all of a sudden, Lee and Chong decide, like, let's fight these other guys. And so a big fight breaks out. They all fight each other. Uh, and then they leave. And Cynthia Rothrock is kind of like, what happened? And he's like, oh, you got into a fight at a strip club. Where do we go from there, Phil? Is this the one where she couldn't start the car? She couldn't start the car to get there. She could only hear what happened. And she was right outside. Yeah, she calls for a tow truck. Uh, Right. Because a police vehicle goes down and needs a tow truck during a stakeout. Unbelievable. NYC, man. They were not up to snuff back in 1991. And what happens next, guys? I, I stopped taking notes at this point. Um, so what does happen next? You always stop taking notes at the 45-minute point. Yeah, I get, I get, too, into, I get too into the movie. 
I'm I like, think, I, I think need you to get too, you too into the beers that we've been drinking. <laughs> no. He's been biting his nails. Come on, he got into it. So, um... Sorry, so... Oh, after oh. this... after this. So, oh, they try to track down their prime Lee. suspect, Lee. And they go to... It's uh, the Spadina in Toronto. Uh, it's the, the Spadina they, Billiards. Wait, wait, wait. First shot of... New York City's Chinatown, cut to Spadina Billiards, Spadina Billiards in Toronto, Ontario, Canada. And they even include the name Spadina Bill, Bill, yep, uh, they Billiards. Don't, they don't Billiards, Billiards. All the exterior Toronto shots are always preceded by uh, some stock New York shot. I know, it's great. Um, um, so there, there's some guys playing billiards. They're like, Lee, you're here. And they, they I don't know, there's, they just track him down. They fight him. Cynthia, Cynthia Rock, Rock, Rock goes has an in. epic fight with him. Well, she goes in with a with a mustachioed police officer. Yeah, that's right. And the police officer goes around back. She goes in the front. She like starts kicking ass all over this billiards table as Lee tries to run away. He goes out the back. She follows. Lee disarms an a armed police officer with a gun, holds him, and says like I'll snap his neck if you don't. So Cynthia Rothart comes out, draws her gun, says drop it, police, blah blah blah, and he's like I'll snap his neck if you don't drop like. Unload. Lower, unlo- lower your gun. And she, she lowers it, and he's like, unload no, it. He, she un- yeah, she unloads, yeah, she unloads it. it. And then he runs away, and she follows and proceeds to kick the crap out of him. This is where we see her infamous scorpion kick, yep. which is awesome. It was great. Yeah. It was so fast, Another though. alleyway fight. That's where the best fights happen, Yeah, Phil. they always happen in alleyways. <laughs> That's where shit goes down. Hell yeah. Yeah. But her scorpion kick, for those who don't know, is she leans forward throws her I think it's her right leg back and it bends all the way back behind her over her head and kicks the guy in the head in front of her it's pretty awesome yeah it was really slick yeah I've never seen it reminds me of like uh, you remember in Rumble in the Bronx the scene that got everyone to go see it in the theater was when Jackie Chan did, did this like bend down kick which was, wasn't the same thing because he couldn't get the extension but like he did like um, he was fighting someone and he kind of bent down and did like a little hook kick behind him but uh, it wasn't as nearly as good as Cynthia Rothrock's scorpion kick but I thought everybody would see Rumble in the Bronx because that was Jackie Chan's US debut it was but I think that one kick that they use this one kick in every single commercial like, come on, he's trailer using ladders in that one he's using no 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 he didn't use ladders that was Mr. Nice Guy or no that was Operation First Strike sorry, uh, sorry, sorry he was sorry. using anything at hand like he that was, 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 improv- was improvisational uh, kung fu but he couldn't but if you actually see the behind the scenes it was not improvisational at all he, no, he no used, I know I know but he it, used it, a shopping it, cart he used a made it pl- seem a like it was. he was using he used, anything yeah. within reach that's his that's his yeah, yeah that's his stuff which is, I think, what draws. We gotta crap. start doing it. We, there's gonna be a Jackie Chan we series. Do it. There's yes. gonna be a Jackie yep. Chan series. Of kung fu. Definitely. He is the Buster Keaton yep. of kung fu. That's correctly, Liam. That was his number one influence, Buster Keaton. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh well, there Does you go. Does not surprise me. Yeah. Has anyone here ever seen The Little General? No. Buster mm, Keaton no. silent film. Oh my god, it's so. I've sweet. seen other Buster Keaton. It's not so down. funny. Uh, what are the Buster Keaton? What's the What's the one? Sherlock Junior. Sherlock Junior. What's the one in the city? Time. He's hanging off the clock. Yeah, what's it called? Isn't that Harold work? Lloyd? That's Harold, That's Harold C- Lloyd. City sorry. City Limits. City Lights. C- city Lights. Is that Charlie Chaplin? City Lights. Yeah, there's too many. No, no, Charlie Chaplin does City Lights, but it's uh, Buster Keaton who's hanging off the clock in that one. Uh, Mm-hmm. No, I think it's Harold Lloyd that's pretty hanging off the clock. Anyways, I'm pretty sure it's Buster Keaton. This but. is us telling our listenership who loves B-movies and genre films, go watch some classic silent cinema because it is awesome. 
like that's that's the biggest problem is that we don't watch it anymore. And I didn't watch any silent films until I was in a um, a pre uh, World War II film class in university. We saw Buster Keaton, we saw Harold Lloyd, we saw Charlie Chaplin, we saw George Milliers, um, and we saw some Thomas Edison, and it was great. So back to this movie, Tiger Claws, Canadian Crap Kung Fu. Anyways, so we're uh, Cynthia Rothrock pulls Lee into the uh, into the police station for questioning. At this point, Jalal still has his uh, his cover intact, I guess. And Cynthia starts questioning Lee, and Lee's like, "Kiss my yellow ass," which is a He's horrendously smoke in her face. Yeah, he lit a cigarette because it was still just before the the smoking ban came in in Toronto. Um, and at this point, Jalal Burson is like, what this is, you do? This is well before a smoking ban. This is like yeah. cigarettes and but, vending machines era. But the thing you remember is that the smoking ban came in in different cities in Ontario. Because right. when, when I was in Windsor, in university, the smoking ban hadn't come in. And, it, and like, I worked with people from Toronto, and they came in. They're like, oh, my God, you can smoke in bars here? This is awesome. And I was like, wait, you can't smoke in bars in Toronto? That sounds awesome. Sorry, Lil. Because I, I was in university when the smoking ban came into effect in bars. Oh, yeah? Yeah. So uh, that definitely was Harold Lloyd uh, hanging desperately from the hands of a skyscraper What film was clock. it? What, what film was it? Safety Last. Safety Last. What's the one uh, where the... Where the Chaplin and, and uh, Keaton were, like, on set for that. Um, mm-hmm. There was, like, two guys making movies back then. Yep. Yeah. Well, I guess three. I, I've never even really heard of this Harold Lloyd character. But no, you haven't heard of Harold Lloyd? Not really, just Buster Keaton and Charlie Chaplin, but I'm well, not a student of early cinema like you are. Oh, man, we got to watch some early, early sound films. Well, Dumb and Dumber, uh, Harry and Lloyd, they took the names from Harold Lloyd. Makes sense, I didn't yeah. realize that. <laughs> yeah, Harold Lloyd was one of the greats. He was, unfortunately, like Buster Keaton, he died poor because he didn't own the, the copyrights to his films, whereas uh, Charlie Chaplin did. Because when he left Thomas Edison in the early, early 20th century aughts and went to uh, the West Coast, he uh, started his own film studio. United Artists, which still exists to this day. It's quite a feat. All right, had a few, had a few horrible setbacks. Yeah, it did. Friggin' Heaven's Gate. Um, anyways, let's get back to the movie we're talking about. So, at this point, uh, we realize Lee is actually innocent because he clocked in for a buddy, so that's why his name was on the thing. He's got over 20 witnesses, and they're like, who could have done it? And then, all of a sudden, uh, what happens next? I don't know. They, they do some detective work. They're like, oh, Chong. They get in trouble, don't they? And they get taken off the case. I don't, I don't know if that happens. God, I'm afraid and of And replaced this. by the doofus. By uh, Rosencrantz and Guildenstern, yeah, the, yeah. The Sunshine Boys, as they called them. <laughs> And so the Sunshine Boys are just kind of like hanging around like the Dawnland Cinema. So at this point, Cynthia Rothrock and Jalal, we should say, Cynthia Rothrock and Jalal have been having like meetings on Jalal's boat for the long, for, oh, yeah, yeah, for that, the entire uh, he movie. Was like, I know where the best pasta in town is. And then Smash Cut. Smash Cut, it's on his boat. Oh. <laughs> now we should point out that these guys have no chemistry whatsoever. None whatsoever. More because of him, less because and, of and her. And we, th- we think like, oh, they're just partners. Until the uh, skip to the end, they actually like make out on his boat while she's wearing some side boob dress. Um, but that's the final scene in the movie. That's the final scene yeah. in the movie. Um, Spoiler. I know. There's, so there's I, no real build up to that apart from like the right. uh, making pasta on his boat scene. To just... Them. Well, they're having wine. They're, yeah. He's making her pasta. Obviously, he's but trying But there's still something. working. There's like zero sexual tension. Yeah, there's none. A, there's none. 
I know because the thing is like if you if he had some charisma maybe you think something's going on but otherwise just like oh they're just working on it they're having a working meal on his boat so anyways uh, we cut back to the Donland cinema and Chong just decides hey I'm gonna kill everyone here and he bu- brutally murders their Sifu all the students and then Jalal and Cynthia Rothrock show up because they're like maybe it was Chong for some reason so they show up and it was Chong it was Chong apparently so then they chase Chong out and Jalal runs past uh, Rosencrantz and Guildenstern, and they're like, "Are you thinking what I'm thinking?" Oh wait, did we meet? Uh, did we? Did we miss his uh, his apple scene? Yeah. Where Chong is like, "I'm gonna, I'm gonna enjoy a tasty, uh, healthy right. snack." Right. All right. So Chong, at this point, is revealed as our killer, and so we go because so at every point he has been taking a little trophy from everyone that he's killed. He took the I sword from the sword guy. Yes. He took the the trophy from Bill Pickles. He took something from the first guy he killed. He I took Jeff Foxworthy's mustache. <laughs> yeah. Um, anyways, he's doing his little, like, pray to the gods or whatever. And then uh, he kills off all the other uh, pupils of the tiger-style way. Jalal comes back, finds all the bodies, and then he rushes out to chase um, uh, to chase uh, Chong. And he passes by Rosencrantz and Guildenstern, and like, are you thinking what I'm thinking? And they're like... Yeah, he killed everybody. He's the death dealer. He's the worst detectives in the world. I know. They don't even have, like, they don't even have instincts. They're just like, wait, that guy's here? He's the one. Um, so Probably then, pretty accurate for New York City. Yeah, you, you think that they would fall for the banana in the tailpipe. Sorry, a raccoon outside is getting into raccoon. a fight with another raccoon. Don't worry about it. That's fun. Yeah, that's a Toronto experience. A fight or a sight? Pamela. Work with that? No, that storyline's dead, Kit. There's no Pamela. It's okay. The raccoons around here are super fat, though. I was like terrified last night. I was walking yeah, past one. Yeah, they're pretty chubby raccoons. I'm in the so city. I'm so they're glad. Well that, fed, yeah. So glad I have my umbrella because I'm like, if that raccoon comes after me, I'm gonna hit it. <laughs> <sighs> they, they they finally figure they're, out the green bins. They're the size of coyotes. Anyways, back to the movie. Um, what happens next, guys? Oh, smash cut to the the uh, yacht club. Yeah, so they're like, we don't know where to find Chong. Where are we going to find him? And then friggin' the Sunshine Boys show up. They're like, you're under arrest for murder. And they handcuff him. And then lo and behold, Chong is waiting at his yacht. He's just standing behind a sign and <laughs> comes out of nowhere and starts fighting them. And he throws one of them, Rosencrantz, into the water. And Guildenstern is just like, oh, my God. Cynthia Rothrock pulls out her gun. Uh, Chong kicks it out of his hands. Rosencrantz kicks, pulls out his gun. Chong kicks it out of his hands. And then um, Cynthia, Rothrock, Cynthia Rothrock gets into right. a fight with him, which is awesome. And breaks out the oars. And then at one point, she's, uh, she turns to Guildenstern. She's like, call for help. And, and he, he just starts screaming he out. He literally just goes, "Help!" <laughs> I thought it was Jalal who was said that. No, I thought I thought it was. She said it. No, yeah. she said it. So he 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 keeps saying, "Get these cuffs off of me, you idiot!" Like the entire time, and and Guildenstern cannot get the cuffs off of him. Or Rosencrantz is drowning in two feet of water in the in the dock. Um, so Cynthia Rothrock actually holds her own pretty well against Chong at this point. She uses an oar as a bow staff. It's pretty awesome. Again, Cynthia Rothrock is awesome. And then uh, Jalal chases Chong while into still the handcuffed box factory. into an empty box factory, and they engage in an not, epic fight. Not a box factory that's empty, although it is empty, but a uh, factory box for full of uh, a factory full of empty boxes. Empty boxes, yes. Some of them are tied. Some of them are other boxes. I don't know, but none of them have things in them. They, they were just rounding up random <laughs> empty boxes. 
It might be, you know what? It's probably a recycling plant, but they just stack them that way. Like they <laughs> Maybe. Don't, they don't stack them responsibly where they flatten the boxes. They just stack them like fully made. Yeah, they got a big, they got a big recycling plant. They got to fill it up. Yeah, they got to make it look fancy for the politicians to come by. Um, Guys, it sounds like you're leading up to the big kill, the big end, but there was a really cool scene that I liked where Chong was training he was getting ready and he put his hands in and oh yeah, this he, is the oil yeah what did he do again? it so, was boiling oil that so he had in a walk it's a throwback to the walk where they were putting their hands in the walk where where things that are too the hot, hot sand, sand the hot the chains. The chains but this but but chong has oil. boiling oil in there and he's like putting his hands in and he's like i love this a good like minute too and then what did he do and after he's just washing just his face wa- oh this? yeah and, and he then puts them on his tongue. The final kicker is he takes them and like pours it into his mouth and like lets his tongue burn. And this is where he grabs the apples, or his stress apples. Yeah. And he uh, squishes them. With his yes. And you see, you see a close up of the acid like dripping down his fingers. Yeah. Yeah, he's a one man juicer. Um, and then he kills the whole dojo. So that's... that's yeah, sorry. Yeah. Okay. Okay, that was a cool scene, that's all. Thank you, Lil, for reminding us, because we would have forgot about it. Not only does he, like, wash his face in it, he pours it in his eyes and into his mouth, and you're just like, this would burn you alive and kill you. <laughs> I, I would love it if that was the end of the film. Like, he's it was like, like oh, oh, he's got to go to, uh... To, uh... To, to the emergency he's room. He, he needs a skin graft, basically. <laughs> he spends the rest of the film in the ICU, and they're like, you did it. And he's like, oh, well, I guess I did, yeah. With his burnt hands and face. <laughs> I, I went too uh, far. He can't even talk. His tongue's burnt. Uh, you'll ne- I'll never I confess. Feel no pain. He's just like, I'll never confess. But they didn't go that direction. They wouldn't no. be empty box factory ending. Damn it. <laughs> but at a certain point, Chong like, ties his hands up to be like, we are the same. So that so, like, yeah, he's so, even. Um, our hero so is handcuffed, handcuffed And um, Chong ties his hands up. But then after like unsuccessfully like killing... Jalal Chong just like pulls the rope up like, and he's two like, screw hits. this. Two hits and he's like, that's enough. He's of this. like, this. I'll, I'll win. I'll win unfairly. I'm okay with that. And he scratches Jalal all up and stuff. And then uh, Jalal starts choking him with. The I don't know what handcuffs. Cynthia Rothrock is doing during this moment. I, she's she just pulled, running around. She pulled the dude out of the out of the water. Also, we gotta remember, this is Jalal's movie, and rightly or wrongly, Cynthia Rothrock is kind of cut out of the finale. I think wrongly because she's an amazing martial artist. She's, she's, a, she's carrying most of this movie. She's an amazing yep. presence and she should be at that end fight and involved in it somehow because it, it should have been great where it's like it, normally in movies where cops are, are forced to become partners at the end they realize together we're stronger than apart. Whereas this movie is like, nah, apart we're fine. Because <laughs> um, like she did kick quite a bit of ass in this, so I don't know. She did, and I love I love you, Lillian, for continually defending these movies, and I defend this movie as well. Like I like it a lot, but I just I think that at the end, if like Jalal couldn't have beaten Chong, if Cynthia Rothrock came in and, and together they beat him, that would be like a sign of like you know what. Together we can overcome anything. We can overcome racism. Well, we can overcome racism, racism, sexism. Uh, uh, every ism, yeah. Neoliberalism, yeah. F, yeah. Rothrock and and Jalal for against 2020. the capitalist scum. Yes, keep going. Where Socialist we? kung fu. 
Yeah. But no, uh, it has to be a one-on-one, I guess, because that's a more honorable sort of fight. But, but that that was also, like, at the time, like, Jalal was trying to make it's himself... It's not even a one-on-one, though, because he is handcuffed. Yeah, he is handcuffed, but at the end, he starts to choke Chong with the handcuffs. Oh, and, right. then and then Chong, ch- using his neck muscles, breaks the handcuffs. Breaks the handcuff chains. Which is the lead, which leads to his downfall, because then Jalal just goes like, wah, and kicks the crap out of him. Yeah. The end. And, and arrests him. him. He doesn't die. Which I like. He doesn't yeah. die. He he gets, like, let off in handcuffs to the back of a police cruiser. Goes into the back of a police cruiser, and they're like, well, I guess we've solved this. And then all of a sudden, like, the two uh, Rosencrantz and Guildenstern show up. The police chief is just like, you doofuses screwed up everything. How'd that happen? And they're like the squeaky voice teen from The Simpsons. Oh, all of a sudden, like, oh, um, uh, well, it was his idea. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Those were his exact words. <laughs> In that tone. And then uh, we see our heroes uh, on a yacht. Jalal is driving, and Synth Rothrock shows up in the aforementioned side boob dress. And then they kiss. It's a good dress. I mean, she's, she's an attractive woman. I know, but it was just like all of a sudden you're like, whoa, that's an uncomfortable angle. And did I mention she's got that cute little Melanie Griffin thing going with the voice? Did I mention that already? No, you didn't. You you didn't on the podcast, but in in real life you did. Okay. It's great. It is, right? I'm a big fan of Melanie Griffith. So, guys, we've reached the end of Tiger Claws Part 1. Part 2 and 3, soon to come. We saw the trailers for those. They get supernatural. Yeah, they, they like <laughs> they lean hard into the supernatural. because apparently they, they go time-traveling in the second one, and then the third one, they're bringing back ancient kung fu spirits. And Ooh, Wow. And they throw hadoukens and uh, Yeah, they throw balls. actual hadoukens. They were going off more with what the, what the kids were into at that point. You know, the Mortal Kombat, the Street Fighter Part 2... Turbo Hyper Fighting Edition or whatever the hell it was at that point. So, guys. And everybody has better haircuts in the sequels. Yeah, the, se- the yeah. sequels haircut. Although, I kind of wish uh, Jalal had kept his ponytail. That's the Furio was- ponytail, yes. It was pretty awesome, I gotta say. I think it was way back when he was trying to be the Beirut Steven Seagal. And he's like, I mm-hmm. shouldn't do that. He grew out of it. Yes. Yeah. I gotta be me. Mm hmm. Anyways, guys, that was Tiger Claws. So, Phil, what are your final thoughts on Tiger Claws? I'm I semi enjoyed it. Um, I I find it enjoyable. Semi enjoyed it. Yes. Okay. I, I, I find it delightfully ironic that for a vanity project, Cynthia Rothrock is carrying almost the entire movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's awesome. This is correct. I Kit, are, are we? Are you done, Phil? Uh, and also, I, I that like. As you were saying before, that uh, these aren't really tag team fight scenes. They're just they're mostly fighting independently of each other. These they're doing just doing these fight scenes independently oh, yeah. of one another, and uh, they made the wise creative decision to focus on uh, Cynthia Rothrock's uh, versatile martial arts skills. Agreed. Kit, what are your final thoughts Until on, the end, and, on Tiger and They should have, but they didn't. But uh, uh, it's fine. Uh, like like uh, Phil, I had a uh, semi semi chub for this uh, for this one. <laughs> Graham, the look the look Graham just gave <laughs> me is, is was worth. <laughs> <laughs> 
Whew, okay. <laughs> well, I know you guys are ragging on Cynthia being left out at the end, but it's kind of been his little... No, like, I know. It's, it's one, his film. He financed he's it. He's the one who was able to say that this is the tiger claw technique or whatever. He's the she one who went into him. the dojo and, and actually right? like, infiltrated. It was kind of yeah, his no, I know. battle. So it had it to be one-on-one. One. Didn't, didn't, I didn't struggle with that but as much as you guys did. what we're saying is she was clearly the better martial artist. It would have been more fun, and I think, like, if she had something to do, at least. If there was a henchman, she could beat up or something. And like Phil says, she was given the proper showcasing of her talents, I guess, in this yes. film by mm-hmm. like highlighting it more yes. up over until his... the end when she wasn't given enough to do. As I was saying, yeah. there could have been a henchman or something. Yeah, there could have been an underboss, like he yeah. was like second in command or something. You know, the guy. But, that, yeah, she dominates the film whether it's intentional or not. But anyway, uh, yeah, I, I, we had fun watching it. We did. Yep, that's all I got to say. And Lillian, what are your final thoughts on Tiger Claws? Yeah, it was fun, um, and. Had some had some good moments, for sure. Very cool. And for me, uh, I don't know. I don't you know. You watched where, it twice today, this, did this, you? No, I watched it like two days ago, and okay. I watched it once today. It's it's a lot to take in twice. I think I appreciate it much more on the second go around because the first go around it was kind of like, oh, this is another paint by numbers like cop kung fu movie from the early two thousands, like a lot of others I've seen. But then you you get into like the little nuances, like Cynthia Rothrock stuff, and just Bolo Young's performance. Because I didn't real, I did not realize he was the painter when I first saw this movie. I didn't realize off the bat he was the bad guy. It wasn't until this one where I went back and watched. But I also ruined it for you guys because I pointed out like, there he is. There's your bad guy. Holy crap! Bolo Young is the painter, and I didn't realize it the first time around. So it was a much more a shock. Oh, and we were, I think, Kit, you were saying, like, what is the point? Like, what is what is driving this killer? Well, that was Graham. Graham was like, he doesn't have a motive. That's, that's me thing, too. Like, that's thing. The first time I watched it, he didn't have a motive. But, but now I, I realize he, he does have a motive. It's he to does. be the best. He's kind of like him being the painter in the sidelines while everybody's training at this, like, tiger club. He's kind of scoping out who's really good and who he can take out and he continue wants to, take down the to be the best. Yeah. And that kind of reminds me of... Have any of you watched any of the Kung Fu Panda movies? No. I've seen the first one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I watched... I've seen the first one. Uh, I may have seen parts of the second one, but I watched the third one recently. And it, it had a bad guy, just like this guy, who wanted to take out all the other... The masters. All the masters. Yeah. And he would collect them as rock. Like, ah, it was really cool. Very similar. Like, this guy's collecting his trophies. Exactly. Yeah. And he wanted to be the best, and he just wanted to plow through everyone in, in oh, his well, way. So, so I kind of remember that tonight. Kung Fu Panda 3, cool. directly inspired by... By Tiger, Tiger Claws. Claws, the Tiger Claws trilogy. Yeah, I didn't know that. So that's uh, that's very fascinating. I mean, I mean, as a time capsule, I just love the fact that there is a period in our city's history when these movies are being made. God damn it! Like yeah. we need this again now. We need some oh, yeah. rich jeweler who's not old who trains in kung fu to be like I want to make a kung fu movie go balls to the wall here's 300 Harold million dollars buyer we just got to convince no, him no it won't be good though cuz it'll he, be he was pistol whipped that one time remember you had the black eye and everything i know and he, like the other and guy and then he was his beef with a uh, omni jeweler yeah, yeah. omni jeweler's like hired a hit guy a hit and man then, on him. and then his store burned down suspiciously yeah man it's like breaking bad over there <laughs> i know 
I also want to add one thing. Like, yes. I also felt that Bolo Young was not enough of an adversary in this movie. I know. He, he kind of wasn't... Because in all of the other movies, like Enter the Dragon or Bloodsport, like, he's, he's really stiff competition he's against the He's the Ubermensch in all those movies. Yes. Like, he is the guy, the unkillable, undefeatable, unstoppable machine of death. He's stoppable in this one. He's yeah. a death machine, like our theme song says. Yes. But breaking the handcuffs off the guy's neck was pretty fucking badass. That I was agree, badass, yeah. and I'll allow you that F word. I'll have to bleep it, but it's okay. Um, but yeah, no, that, that, that's the thing. Like, in this movie, there are moments where you're just like, oh, they went above me on like the whole breaking the, the cuffs with the neck. Even having a scene where the guy is cuffed, and that's the, your main fight scene, is like his hands are cuffed. Like, that's, a, that's, that's something that's a different. That's idea, yeah. Yeah, and I mean, that's the thing. Like, this movie... Like, in the pantheon of Kung Fu movies, is it the best? Probably not. Most likely not. Definitely not. But it has enough interesting things to keep you watching. It had enough interesting things. Like, And again, we joked that this was a vanity project for Jalal Murhi, but there were two more movies made in this series that he couldn't have financed all himself, and he has 19 acting credits going up until 2015. So... There's something in this spark. There is a spark of creativity in the darkness that is this film that allowed his career to continue as an action martial arts star. And as we saw in the trailers for Tiger Claws 2 and 3, Lillian, you were outside, you didn't get to see it. He gets better. Like, yeah, his both, acting gets better, his martial arts gets better. in terms of his better. chemistry and his, uh, his martial arts. Yeah, it seems to improve from the I know. scant clips that we saw. And it looks pretty good, so I'm going to I'm gonna have to give parts two and three a watch. We'll probably might watch them at a future date. But for now, it was... That was awesome. I, I really... I mean, it wasn't awesome. It was good. It was a... What's, what's coming up next for us? Well, Lillian, you requested it last time, and we're going to watch it. Really? Our next film is a film set in Boston, Massachusetts, United States of America. Good Will Hunting. Shot entirely My in, gosh. in Madrid, Spain. It is the one, the only. It is the movie that proved you do not have to go to Texas to have a chainsaw massacre. It is Pieces. Oh, cool. Pieces. And then after Pieces, we're going to kick off our American Horror Project uh, series with Malatestas, sorry, not Methuselah's, Malatestas Carnival of Blood. So yeah, so for Death by Video, I've been Phil. I've been Kit. I'm still Lil. And I've been Graham saying please be sure to rewind and we will see you next time. Please be sure to follow us on Facebook at Death by Video Podcast, on Twitter at Death by Video Pod, follow us on SoundCloud at Death by Video, find us on Instagram at Death by Video Podcast. Going to what? I'm cold, I'm looking at 300, 400, 500. Thank you for listening. Please keep watching. <laughs> Thank you for listening. Please keep watching awesome movies. Good night.